Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Streaming live on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel, here's Nick and Matt. What's up, everybody? Episode 64, Nick and Matt Show. We've got Nick down in Virginia. He's on his iPhone today. Doesn't look bad, huh? I am. No, it's not terrible. Luckily, the new iPhones actually have decent quality to them when it comes to video and uh, audio and everything like that. So hopefully people don't notice it too, too much. I'm going to try to angle myself better throughout the show. Um, (laughs) But for some odd reason, my Skype on my laptop isn't working right now. I don't understand it, but it's technology and I never understand it. That's okay. We've tried other options besides Skype. We'll get there eventually. We've got a huge budget to work with. And then we've got Evan in the studio. Say hi, Evan. How's it going, guys? Hey, so Evan's here. Everyone loves it. They think it makes our show that much better having Statman though in the house or in the studio or in my basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. um, so we've got a show lined up, like always. Uh, you can see the title. Drew Gibson used Disc Golf Player Management Group. And uh, we've got Steven Scanzarelli. He is actually a local to my area. But surprise, surprise, Drew Gibson announces, and we're going to talk about a multi-million dollar contract. And the man behind that, I go, is it really Scans? And it is. So we'll have him on um, in a while here. And besides that, Nick, my brother, the guy who's trying to beat out both of us for our jobs. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Fan favorite. People love him, just like they love Evan. Maybe it should be the Evan and Josh show. We could just do it like another one for them. We'll make that one next. Yeah. So that is our show lineup. We've got a lot of topics, including let's get right into it, Nick. The season is over as far as like, for all intents and purposes, it's over. There are some pros still playing a few events here and there. The finale happened. We had Nathan Queen on. We burst a lot of people's bubbles saying spoiler and we ruined their lives. But it happened and Missy won. And now we've had some time to go. When's the next event? Well, it's not coming right now. We're going to talk about the next events coming up. But before we get to that, we need to go back and look at the 2021 season. And it is a long time ago. But go back to, we'll say the first event that kind of kickstarted it all was the all-star event. Nick, Mm -hmm. give me like the 10 or 15 second version of like, what was the storyline going into that? What were some of our thoughts before we led up to all-star? I mean, the all-star event was what it was the two different rounds between men and women. And then whoever was it, whoever scored well, and then whoever scored bad got paired up with doubles partners. Is that how they did that one? <laughs> yeah. I'm it trying was, to remember now. It's yeah. been so long. They did like I, best I, shot. I, I, then they did worst shot. Yeah, yeah. I think it was seed base. So it was like one and eight and then two and seven. Yeah. Okay, I can remember I, I'm mixing up the celebrity program, okay. I think with the all-star <laughs> break, but, um, Anyways, I guess long story short, Paul McBeth and Tona Panis were the actual two players who took down their divisions for the All-Star Weekend. So that kind of kicked off the tour down in Arizona. And then Vegas was the next event right after that. Yeah. And I remember going into it. We didn't know what it was going to be like. We thought to ourselves, like, what this could be. We're like, are there going to be field events? Like, oh, they're modifying modifying the layout at Memorial, you know, at Fountain, sorry, Memorial, mm-hmm. at Fountain Hills, and mm-hmm. it could be kind of bad. They're only doing nine holes. I remember all these feelings, and then, yeah, Kona was able to get in a good round during doubles and then play out the singles and was able to mm-hmm. capitalize, and it's Paul as well. And from that moment, we said, huh, is that, like, going to tell us about the season? 
and then we went to LVC, right? Mm-hmm. And at LVC, the quick rundown there, somebody's name, uh, Ezra Aderhold, kind of popped off and found himself on the top card for a while. And mm-hmm. But Eagle McMahon ended up taking it down. Yeah, with a pretty dominantly, too. I'm pretty sure it was a few short lead, at least, winning that event. Kind of really setting the tone for the year. Eagle obviously had an incredible year. And then um, Paige Pierce took it down against a pretty close battle with Katrina Allen. And they were well, well ahead of third and fourth place. So just both of them starting their pretty dominant years as well. Yep. And then as far as FPO goes, do you remember what that was like? Uh, Every single weekend, you couldn't predict... You couldn't predict a winner for FPO this year. It was almost, I felt like every single weekend someone knew was winning. And it was cool because it gave us a lot to talk about. It gave us a lot of different guests on the podcast. Um, but it definitely, if I was a betting person, I would have lost a lot of money this year. <laughs> you are you are a betting person. Um, <laughs> Try to be. So we're not going to go through every single event. That I mean, it's, that's a long podcast, which we are. But I'm curious for the chat to shout out maybe some of their favorite event moments as far as who won or who was pressing hard, things that would go along with storylines that happened or that maybe if you think back, well, we thought might have happened but didn't. Moments that we're forgetting about from 2021 already. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to a storyline in Brody Smith. Do you remember coming into this year, that was one of the biggest storylines. He's going full-time tour. He's working his butt off. Can he do it? Can he compete at the top level? What's it going to look like? And what happened, Nick? Literally, what happened with him? He came out of the gate, and let's just say the first six events he played, eight events. I, I don't remember the exact number, but what was your reaction? I mean, I'm pretty sure he was averaging a pretty solid top 30 finish at most events. Um, I know Vegas, he was in the top 30. Uh, I remember at Goat Hill, which was a Silver Series event out in California this year. He made the lead card, was on some film coverage. Um, he got his USCGC spot at that weekend and or at that tournament. So I, I think we kind of came in with where do we think Brody's going to land? And I think a lot of people thought the lower half of the field, but a good majority of the events, he was playing very well throughout the whole year, um, averaging above his rating for a good majority of it and just playing playing solid disc golf for the first year being on tour. Yeah, I just pulled it up, the Disc Golf Pro Tour's uh, standings. Any guess at where he finished as far as standings in the Disc Golf Pro Tour? Uh, it's probably lower than I would think just because he missed a few Pro Tours towards the end of the year especially, but I'd put him, I don't know, seven, let's see. 60th to 80th is what I would say. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So Brody, he's sorry. You did play better. 46th. So you, you under, 46th. yeah, okay. that's fine. Okay. He did pretty yeah. good for himself. And in fact, I, I know he missed, he missed the last couple events of the year. So I, I'm sure that mm-hmm. probably took, I, I don't know where he stood before uh, MVP <laughs> and GMC, but, 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 and just for fun, for fun, who do you think out of these players, Simon Lazat, Nate Sexton, and I'll just throw out Corey Ellis, or Eric Oakley. I'm going to change it up. Eric Oakley, Simon Lazat, Nate Sexton, Eric Oakley. Who do you think he placed most closely to out of those names? Just, I don't know, kind of pointless question, but what do you think? Uh, I would assume Lazat. Okay. So Simon actually placed really well. 
Yeah, he he did really. He was close to making the finale. Exactly. So not him. It's Nate Sexton. Nate took forty fifth in the pro. Nate tour. was going to be my second guess just because Nate barely traveled at all this year for events. Right, and Eric Oakley taking thirty eighth out of that those not, those names that I just gave you. Uh, and just to finish up the Brody talk here, LVC twenty fifth place out of the gate. We were like, wow, okay, twenty fifth mm-hmm. place isn't bad. Um, and then he went 47th, um, then he went to a silver series and took 70th. So it was kind of like, Ooh, okay. This is interesting. But then he went to vintage open 27th silver series Jonesboro. He took 25th. Then he went to goat Hill. Do you remember that event in the conversation Mm -hmm. at goat Hill with him? Mm -hmm. I I think he found himself on the lead card. Didn't he? The final round. Yeah. 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 I think the two final rounds i think rounds two and three he was on lead card both times chasing ricky i think he was tied with ricky after round one and then was chasing him round two and three i think by the end of it yeah so he tied for eighth there not having his best finish uh as far as like finishing out i mean that was a great finish eighth place um then he went to otb open 26th then he went to portland open 13th then he went to um the what's this the Oh, resistance disc open RDO 21st, mm-hmm. then clash of the canyons. He went 11th, uh, Des Moines 30th. So, I mean, like, as you mentioned that stretch right there until he retired for the year after D glow at 61st, I'm, I'm going to say if I had to put, you know, a stamp or a grade on his season, cause that was a very big storyline. Yeah. Brody, yeah. Brody no, was, definitely. I can remember that was what we talked about a lot. Remember we did a Brody tracker? Mm-hmm. No, a couple of things Brody really did his first year of getting into disc golf was uh, a lot of field work, improving his distance, improving his play out in the field when it came to accuracy. Um, he, he actually does have incredible distance. I've played rounds with him before, and it's, it's pretty sweet. And then uh, his putting is very consistent. It's very solid. It's a nice, smooth form. So I think as he etches together these last few things in his game, uh, solid forehand off the tee, um, stuff like that. I mean, you'll see him place very well, especially at the more open golf courses that we played at. A lot of his better finishes are at those more open courses. And then the more technical, tightly wooded ones, um, his finishes go down a little bit. But for the most part, when you're seeing him at those larger events where they're at golf courses, you'll more than likely see his name, I would say, pushing the top 25 pretty consistently. Yeah, I agree. He missed the preserve, Ledgestone, Idlewild, Stafford, MVP Open, mm-hmm. GMC, and the Tour Championship. Um, it'll be interesting to see him eventually get to those, but I think he's happy. Everything I heard from his season, the way he wanted to attack it was that he didn't expect to be placing as well this year as he did. Um, mm-hmm. he, he expected next year and that was always what he had said. He wasn't changing it up next year to be his like official, like, this is my real grind. Like I should be able to compete at a pro level. Yeah. Um, let's go over to FPO a little bit. And Evan, I just want to set you up a little bit here. Have you been able to pull up any winners? Have you done that yet? Or are you yeah, I, I have all the winners okay. from the Pro Tour Elite Series. Okay. Elite Series. Yeah. You want, you want Silver 2 <laughs> or NTs? Well, just go ahead and give us the, um, just list off FPO Elite Series winners. And this is Stat Mando in the house. Thanks, Evan, for doing this. All right. Just uh, list them right off. Let me just get sorted real quick. Yep. So we had Paige Pierce taking out LVC by one stroke. We had Kona Panis uh, winning Waco by 12 strokes. That was the biggest win of the year by either division. Uh, we had Katrina Allen winning the Jonesboro Open by eight strokes. Uh, Paige Pierce went on to win OTB by one stroke. 
then wins uh, Portland Open by one stroke. Sorry, then she wins Portland Open by three strokes, but back to back. Then Missy Gannon takes out Des Moines uh, by one stroke. That was her uh, first big win before uh, a lot of big wins this year. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that was the start of the Missy Gannon year. Uh, definitely the back half of it. Yeah, and then Kristen Tatar goes on to win by one stroke uh, at Glow over Paige Pierce. That was kind of the the Tatar's uh, big win and then had a few silver, had one or two silver series or eight tiers before that too, but then goes back to back, wins the preserve by 10 strokes the following week. Uh, and then I don't, I forget if Tatar was gone at this point, but Ledgestone, which was the following week, Paige Pierce wins by 11. Uh, and then, uh, Paige Pierce wins again at Idlewild by three strokes, uh, going to the MVP open. Katrina Allen took that down by seven strokes and then rounded out Haley King, um, took down GMC by one stroke. And then of course the pro tour championship with, uh, Missy Gannon taking that down as well. Nick, standout, any standouts for you out of that FPO list? Like, that was, uh, like, your favorite win of the year for FPO. I think probably any of Kristen Tatar's wins. Um, she's an awesome person. I'm super psyched about her new deal with Latitude 64. Uh, she just signed that big contract. We'll probably talk about that a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, I would say Kristen's uh, kind of – she came over. She dominated a couple of events, and then she left, and it was kind of a bummer because we wanted to see her finish out the year. Um just with us or um, the throw pink disc golf championships for the woman. Um, but then I would say Haley King's win at GMC. She was so close to winning it last year. So for her to get that one this year was pretty awesome. And then she also dominated national tour events throughout the year. Um, another notable one, I guess would be Deanne Carey's silver series win over at uh, resistance disc open. That was definitely a notable win in her career. Oh, uh, Kona's. I would say the biggest one was definitely, you know, Kona's win by 12. She just looked dialed in. And that was what only a few weeks after the all-star win that she had had. And so, and yeah, I, I would say Kona definitely had a pretty pop off win with that one. I, I love hearing these recaps on this and just even your perspective on it, because going into the year, you felt like it was going to be the same storyline. I mean, I guess Haley mm-hmm. King would have been, and I think that was our conversation. Like, is this year for Haley to really kind of push and mix things up? And she did, but so did so many other names, so many mm-hmm. other FPO names. That is one of the best parts of this year for sure. All right, jumping back over to MPO as we do our little bit of just like mixed bag of talk on the season and how it played out. Um, you can, Evan, if you have the MPO there of yep. the winners, we can pull that up, do that, and then we're going to talk about some of the names that come up in this list. <laughs> All right. Uh, to start the season off, as you guys said, uh, Eagle Wing Band took down LVC by eight strokes. That was the biggest MPO win of the year. Uh, then Nico LaCastro took down Waco. That was a wild week. Uh, that was a super exciting finish, too. Uh, Ricky Wysocki goes on to win Jonesboro by four strokes. Eagle McMahon picked up his first of four wins uh, of the year at the OTB Open. Uh, and then one back to back with the Portland open the next week. That was another, uh, really exciting finish. And speaking of the Portland open, that'll be one of the events that's on ESPN two, I believe, which is a great event to watch that again. Um, Paul McBeth took down his one and only disc golf pro tour elite win at the Des Moines, uh, in July. Uh, then we go on to the uh, great lakes open and Eagle picks up another one, uh, on to the preserve Ricky won that one. Speaking of another super exciting finish, another like three way kind of going right to the end. Um, 
and then Ledgestone was the uh, odd thunderstorm one with Ricky and Heidelberg. Oh, we're we're going to talk about that one later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, picking up the tie for first. Um, then Kyle Klein with the only playoff win of the year for the uh, Pro Tour Elite Series uh, at Idlewild over Andrew Marweed. Uh, and then the MVP Open, Adam Hammes took that down. Um, and to round it out, Chris Dickerson took down his first Elite Series uh, win of his career, standard Elite Series, since he had the two uh, tour championships in previous years. Finally got his first standard Elite Series win. So we're going to talk about, we're going to give you the opportunity, Nick, to talk about your maybe favorite win there or the, your favorite yeah. storyline with the MPO. But I want the chat to chime in here. What was a moment that stood out to you as your favorite MPO moment, whether it was a storyline or how a player finished that maybe you didn't expect or you had hoped or they just performed well as your favorite win? Nick, what do you think? The MPO season, all those winners that he just listed off. Oh, that's tough because there's a lot of really, really fun winners in that category. Um, I would say probably my favorite one, though, is Adam Hammes. I love the MVP Open. It's five minutes from my parents' house. Um, Adam, Jeff, Paul, Hannah, they all stayed at my house. So we just had a great week nonetheless. And Adam always raves about how much he loves Maple Hill, how much he's always wanted to win that event. So I would say for him taking that one down, that was probably my favorite. But then same thing, Chris Dickerson, such a nice dude to finally pick up his first pro tour win um, at arguably definitely oh no i wouldn't even say arguably definitely my favorite tournament of the year every single year uh being at gmc so both of those two were definitely my i would say favorites of the year okay i will say a favorite moment was in the very beginning when uh eagle took down lvc and then we already talked about that event but one of the reasons is because he threw the tilt upside down on the last hole and i don't know ever in disc golf had i seen something like that before some people were upset and bothered by it, like unsportsmanlike, but honestly, it was all in good fun. It was it was actually to help and market like Simon, his buddy's yeah. desk and all of that. I mean, it was great. And in fact, I was doing real quick, Nick, I was doing yeah. um, like a what do they call it? A, uh, a companion feed to the Disc Golf Network, like an official companion feed with Simon in studio. And I remember Simon right where Evan's sitting now. <laughs> just being like is he he's holding his head you can imagine simon is he actually he did oh he did it <laughs> like he's freaking out like he threw it upside down yeah what were you gonna say nick I, I was gonna say look he was walking into that last hole with a few stroke lead you know he was easily winning the tournament the disc flies well upside down i've seen a lot of people throw it upside down none better than how eagle threw it but i don't think there's anything unsportsmanlike about that it's like dude if you got the final shot and you can do something cool with it by all means had he thrown a grenade up to the basket at that spot would people still think that's unsportsmanlike you have you know, like, to throw it righty backhand if you throw lefty you're offending somebody yeah exactly <laughs> that's that's just uh that's okay. 2021 for you how about this moment <laughs> anybody forget the moment of james conrad throwing i think it was somewhere in the 247 or somewhere in that range there uh throwing in his yeah. shot to push the playoff that was epic right yeah. nick huge, where, huge where were you where were you when that <laughs> happened i'm gonna ask evan the same question <laughs> standing i don't know probably 40 maybe 50 feet left of hole 18's basket we a bunch of us we just watched that flight <laughs> smoothly come in and somehow stick in the chains it was it was insane oh well, it kind of just rolled around the basket but um yeah i was standing right there for it it was an insane electric moment i i like i don't know if i've been through something that was like that insane i mean i i went through i went to a celtics uh postseason game against the cavaliers it was game five a few years ago i went with two of my really good buddies and 
the TD Garden that night was absolutely on fire because we won the game. Um, but to see like such an incredible moment in a sport that I love and a sport that I play um, was insane. Absolutely insane. I still don't even know how to like describe it. Totally insane. I'll tell you mine, but I'm going to give Evan the floor. Yeah, I, this is so, uh, so sad. I did not get to watch that live at <laughs> all. Uh, I was at a he was, he was waiting for post round. wedding rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm only watching post for that. No, I, I had a <laughs> wedding rehearsal dinner. So I was sitting at dinner at that and my watch is blowing up from, uh, Hans and Dion, the other two step Mando. They're just like, Oh my goodness, what just happened? And I'm just like trying to follow and like not really pull out my phone and, uh, and they were kind of explaining it. So I was reading on my watch kind of subtly as I'm at dinner and then watched it later. And it was, it was still exciting, but I did not get to have the same feeling everyone else did. And that hurts. But there's a running joke now that if I'm ever busy with, you know, a, a wedding or just some other activity that there's going to be some exciting stuff happening. Uh, another one was uh, the client playoff at Idlewild. Wasn't watching that either. Is getting updates. So you're welcome. Disc golf world. <laughs> you're welcome kyle you're welcome james i yeah. have important stuff to do um i was on the couch with my wife we actually i think that was right around our anniversary i think that's what it was because the kids were not there like we had like a weekend without the kids and we were watching live disc golf i know it's super romantic right but in the moment, like we're so relaxed, just watching this. Like I'm like, oh, Paul's so close. He's gonna, he's gonna win. He's gonna win his sixth world title. Like it is in the bag. Oh man! And then like that moment, and Nick, you were there, and I'm just watching it on TV, and it's like just adrenaline. Like I don't think I could go to sleep for a while after that one. But that was a moment to not forget. Um, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, and I'm seeing other ones come in here. People are saying it was awesome to see Nico win one, and I don't disagree. Mm -hmm. I think that was pretty mm -hmm. fun in the beginning to watch how he actually pushed really hard to get that. Yeah, someone yeah. in the chat was yeah, saying he... Ricky's throwing at DDO, and I got to say, even though that he was out of the running at that point, that was a big one after the mm. loss of his sister. Comes down and just hits a huge putt, and the crowd goes crazy, and I think a lot was on Ricky's mind that weekend, and getting to just to run through the crowd and just being pumped, uh, just kind of let a lot of that go and just got to be in the moment. And I think that was really, really cool for him. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that was a storyline. Cause remember we weren't sure was Ricky going to make it. I don't know if you had heard, but we started seeing things like his story on and social media would be like, what? He's not even out there at the event. Like he's in a different state across the country, but he was able to pull it off play. And that was, that was a very memorable, memorable moment when he was going to tee off and they gave a moment of silence. Like he was playing for a different reason at that event. Um, yeah. Good job for him, obviously to be able to perform. And some people, there's always people on all sides. Some people are upset by that. And I said, listen, that's his life. Like you can't tell him what he needs to do, uh, but that is what people do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it's insane all uh, right um so that's i'm not gonna cut anybody off here as i always do and i've already done any last things on this year like we can bring them up later but anything else that just stood out you want to talk about for la this last year this season uh i mean paul winning uscgc he mm. was in the hunt at worlds getting second place um and then showing up at the other what was our only two majors this year 
um, him being in contention for both majors, ending up taking down Kyle Klein in the playoff at USCGC was definitely a huge moment. And then Nathan Queen winning uh, the Pro Tour Championships, surviving all four rounds, shooting the hot round every time is uh, pretty insane. We had him on just a couple weeks ago. Or last week. Was it last week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last know, week last week nick's like episode 57 and i'm like dude time yeah. travel he's like i don't know is this last week he doesn't know he, <laughs> no i said I, yeah i said like 63 i was like i don't know we're on 60 something maybe <laughs> but now he's like like he you don't even know where you are where are you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i don't um, even know if my computer's gonna download skype the morning that i need it to <laughs> so we're gonna try to talk about next year's storylines in coming weeks okay um, but we're not going to try to tackle that tonight, but there are a lot of things coming that we just talked about, but coming up. Um, but before we get to that, Nick, let's go ahead and thank some people that deserve to be thanked for supporting our show. All right, everybody, you know what time it is. Autumn is officially here. It's cold. Well, kind of cold. And in the Northeast, we're putting on our hoodies and our jack. Actually, you know, that's that's false. In the Northeast, we're still wearing shorts and T-shirts. It's 45 <laughs> degrees outside. But autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch. Our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins. I still think I should wear pumpkin pants for Halloween. <laughs> uh, so if you know what I'm saying, make sure you keep things fresh this fall with the leaders and male groom. <laughs> my, my wife's going to be like, why? Pumpkin pants? Yes, pumpkin yeah, pants. Yeah. Okay, they're the leader in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped. Two million men have already purchased and are using Manscaped. Get 20% off using the code Nick and Matt. Nick, we know your favorite. We know your favorite product, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But did you know the other product that you're using, the Lawn Mower 4.0? Did you know that it has a cutting edge? And maybe you know about this. <laughs> a ceramic, a ceramic blade. I, I don't even know. What is a ceramic blade? Ceramic. Is that glass? Uh, to be honest, I don't 100% know, but it probably makes it so it's not going to cut anyone, which is really nice. It's definitely got a smooth shave to it. And uh, it's the perfect time of the season to start buying them. Girls, buy them for your significant others. Guys, go out and buy them for yourselves. Um, incredible products. I stand by them. Um, they've helped us out with the show. 20% off is incredible. Free shipping worldwide because of our code. And um, it's definitely well worth what you get out of the performance package. Yeah, and let me wrap that up. I was just asking because I'm not quite sure. Isn't ceramic like the same thing they make? No, that's toilets or porcelain. I don't know what I'm saying. Ceramic <laughs> blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their, and they call this their advanced skin-safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for more precise shave, plus it's waterproof. I have tested it. It doesn't get broken. Mm -hmm. You don't get shocked. You can turn the light on and off. It's a pretty cool product. We use it. They yeah. support us. Again, go over to manscaped.com. Use code Nick and Matt for 20% off. Thank you to those who have. Thank you to those who will. All right, Nick. Let's continue on here tonight. Um, real quick, before we bring in our guest, did you hear about this multi-million dollar contract for Drew Gibson? And what was your initial reaction i had one i want to know what yours was be honest uh, it was actually <laughs> no to be honest it was i figured it was something to where it's it's like an uncapped salary you know he can make 
this amount of money and it can just keep going up and up and up or it can make this low money depending on how much you know sales affect it or whatever um that's kind of my initial reaction to it and then as i briefly read the article that ulti world had come out with uh the whole gibson line of discs that's eventually going to come out um i was pretty i like i'm obviously happy for drew i think it's a great deal i'm curious to see how successful it is going to be uh the disc market and disc golf right now is absolutely insane people are buying discs left and right i was just talking actually to james conrad's dad um about oh, really you know james <laughs> this last weekend together and um so I was just briefly talking to him and he was telling me how even something as simple as MVP going from 20 to 30 full-time employees now at like 90 to 100 full-time employees. Um, so the disc collecting market, the disc market just in general is insane right now. And so if Gibson can actually come out with a set of line of discs, I think it's going to be a very successful thing. People are going to support it no matter, even if you don't, you know, care for Drew as a player. Um, sometimes when a new disc comes out and your buddies are all telling you how incredible this disc is, it just makes you want to buy it in general. I mean, yeah, good discs will sell. Yeah, so when I saw the deal, I thought, to, well, the fun, <laughs> I have to set it up just a little bit. Um, I was actually recording my other show on it was tuesday when they they hadn't released it till wednesday morning that information i was recording tuesday afternoon with my brother and one of our topics on the other show was literally the question will anybody in this offseason will this next year be the next year will who will sign a million dollar contract will will there be an additional million dollar contract and my answer was no there will not be and i felt pretty comfortable with that and then when the news was announced my brother texts me. He's like, already happened. <laughs> like you lose. <laughs> yeah. And my response was like, well, it depends how you define lifetime deal. Lifetime. Like I'm thinking to myself, well, then I have a million dollar contract with my work. Like I, I I'm not trying to downplay it, although I am, but I want to talk to the guy and I thought I just had him in here, but let me see. Maybe we have to add him again. Let me try adding. Um, we have the guy behind the group, oh, there he is. Awesome. Uh, we have the guy behind Disc Golf Player Management Group, and his name is Steven Scanzarelli. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Steven, how are you doing? Hello, team. How are we doing tonight? What's good, going on, good. Steve? Welcome. Good. You guys can call me Scans. Let's get that over with. The Steven stuff is weird. Only my mom <laughs> that I'm in trouble. Sounds good. What's up, Scans? That's how I know you anyway, so it makes it a lot better. <laughs> All right. So, Scans. I did not know, and I don't think most of the disc golf world knew about, and just to put it out there, you are using an acronym mostly, are you using DGPM, DGPM? Yeah, yeah, DGPM group. Okay, DGPM group, and this is a player management group. I don't think most people had heard about this, knew about this, and I would say even me, I didn't know that you were behind it until I started doing a little investigating. Um, mm -hmm. tell, us, tell us about DGPM group. Sure. Um, we are not just an agency. I just want to clear that up because people think, oh, you're just negotiating contracts. We are actually offering player lifestyle changes, right? Sure, we're going to negotiate your contract, but that's just one little part of what we're offering. After we negotiate your contract, we're going to help you with everything else. We have web developers, we have designers, we have brand managers, we have social media managers. Uh, we have all of those things in place. So if you choose to use all of our services, we can basically help take over your career and, and help raise you to the next level. 
Okay. So take you, take, we can take over your career. I like that. <laughs> well, it's a lot, right? It's a lot. Um, so like, let's say someone wanted a website to move their gear. Guess what? We can do that for them. Or let's say there's a new player coming up that doesn't have a brand and needs a logo and that we can deliver that for them. So take over your career is a little aggressive. That's not, that's not exactly what I mean. But <laughs> Help boost, help boost it in the right direction. How did this? How how long has this been in the planning? How did this come about? Your relationship with Drew? I guess we can start there. Yep. Uh, so back in 2017, I think we hosted Drew. He came here with Will Schusterick for the MVP Open. Uh, we just became really good friends. Uh, fast forward a year and a half, he started talking about Gibson Industries, like how he could start that, what we could do. Um, so I helped him build that, the website and the brand. Um, and then there was a level of trust there. So he started coming to me for advice about his contracts. Uh, and then you can see where this was going, right? So then he's like, well, this, you know, I think you should consider doing this type of activity because you have made my career stress-free. And I think other players would benefit from that stress being removed from their play so they can just worry about throwing Frisbees. Um, so really, that's really the history. So last year we decided, okay, let's give this a real trial run. Uh, and we went through that trial run. and. Obviously, it was pretty successful. Uh, you can see through the season, he just got more and more strong in his play, and he finished like on fire. Um, so the model proved to work, uh, and so we launched it. We opened the barn doors and said, "Come on in," uh, and we want to grow it organically. I'm not out there hunting for players. Uh, I want people that like are in need of more than just a contract negotiator to find us, so we can help elevate them to the next level. Yeah, and. Kind of introduce yourself and your involvement in the disc golf world too before we continue more down this path because you said, oh, like we hosted him, we became good friends, but you have been involved in disc golf and are currently outside of DG, DGPM group. You're also uh, with Prodigy, right? So like tell us tell us your disc golf connections and what you're doing. Um, yeah, so long stories here, right? So I've always, five, six years ago, I found the disc golf, the sport. There was a course that was sort of abandoned, but not really. Uh, I ended up knowing the rec director for the town, uh, became really well involved with the town and how to rebuild this course. We took the league from five players to like, we can't 70, 80 players now. Uh, I, I've since moved past that along, but it, it, it's, it's all in the motion. Um, so like, I've always been bred in the community. Uh, with this new venture, I had to step away from Prodigy, obviously, because conflict of interest. I was a team captain. I, so like all of those things in business, I, I can't have both of those. So um, I just want to thank Sully and, and Will Schustrick for for wishing us good luck and, you know, having a, a nice parting of ways there. So, no, I'm not with Prodigy anymore. Okay. And but but I guess the point being that and I hear you saying is like you've been involved and you're pretty good from my perspective, working with professionals. Help, helping them get what they want to do. You've done it locally. Now you're doing it on a larger scale. And Nick brought up Drew Gibson and you talked about your connection to him. Can you talk about how much you were involved, DGPM group, how much you were involved with um, the negotiating of this contract that was announced? Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the process in general. So it, it, it we take our players we do basically what we're calling an intake survey. We learn about where you are, what your expectations are, what your goals are for the next season and beyond if, it, if it's multiple years or single years. Once we learn who you are and your archetype, we then put a plan in place for you and we go talk to whoever that sponsor may be, right? In this case, it was infinite. So we knew where Drew wanted to be. We knew what Drew was after. 
we took all of those, went to Infinite and said, here's here's what we're looking for for Drew. What, what Where are we? Where are you? Let's meet, let's talk and have all the powwows. And then it's just, you know, an iteration, right? You have your side, they have their side. We shoot high, they shoot low. And then we kind of come, come into the middle uh, and then we end up with the final contract and move on. And can you kind of detail, because, you know, when Drew posted, he said, on this day, I just signed my first multi-million dollar deal. Can you kind of go over not exactly what his deal consists of, like how much money he's making off of this, whatever like that, but how does, where does the multi-million dollar wording come from? Yeah, so obviously when you make any deals of this nature and this size, you have to understand the numbers and what they're going to mean two, three, four years out. Um, with the protections and in the, in the industry analysis of that data, um, it's clear that it's going to be multi-millions of dollars, like without question. Um, so when we were drafting up a social media post, um, you know, a little bit in there is marketing. We want a little mystery to get you guys talking about them. There's no denying that. We're not going to hide that. Um, but we're there and there's no questions about it. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. And so lifetime deal, is he contractually obligated to stay with Infinite for the rest of his career? Like, and again, say as much as you can, but is that what lifetime means? Or is that just like a hope? Uh, no, there, there is a lifetime deal in place here. Um, it's structured in two ways, which I can't talk about. Um, but yeah, there, there is a lifetime deal with here, with here and, and Drew's, Drew's not going anywhere from infinite. You know, gotcha. that, so like the a thing is like, if you're going to invest in your player, they're never going to go anywhere, right? If you show the player that you want repping your brand and is going to be your main spokesperson, if you invest in them, they're never going to leave you, right? It's only it's only the fringe cases or like, you know, the player sees their value of X and the company sees their value of Y. If those don't match up, there's a problem. And that's what DGPM Group is supposed to do. We're supposed to level that, right? So the player and the company are on the same page. That's why there's no mismatched, expect, miss, sorry, mismatched expectations, right? And if there's no, if we, if we can clear that up, then, every, then everyone goes away happy. And then you guys have slowly been announcing other players that are joining into the DGPM uh, group. Can you talk about the other players working on their contracts and stuff like that? Uh, sure. Just all of them? Or do you have any specific questions? Just, no, no, just how, I mean, how many do you guys have already? I mean, you just launched this group, what, a few, maybe a little over a month ago when it became public. And how yeah. many people have you gotten since then? And then just go over, doesn't have to be in full detail, but just the process of helping all of them out now. Yeah. So, you know, we have uh, four players. We have uh, Connor O'Reilly, who won his first big NT this year. Uh, we have Maddie Orem. You know, everyone knows Maddie O. Um, we have Cam Colglazer and uh, Trevor Harbolt. Um, so we have a nice range of players uh, that are all in different negotiations. Some have contracts that aren't up. Some have contracts that are up. So right now we're still in like the learning process and getting through their main contracts. Um, once we finish up all the sets of main contracts, then we move on to what we're calling the subcontracts. Um, and we break these down into three basic levels. You have your, you know, your main contract, you have your sponsorships, which are basically kind of cash end product, might be discs, might be clothing. And then we have the endorsements, which we're kind of classifying as just product. So like, hey, Nike wants to sign Drew because they saw him wearing his hat. Okay, well, they're not going to pay him, but they'll give him free hats for life. Um, so that would be kind of an endorsement type deal. So we kind of broke it down that way. Okay. Now, are you guys actively, are the players actively looking for outside sponsorships or is that kind of what the DGPM group is also doing, looking for the outside sponsorships rather than just the main disc golf manufacturer? Yep. So we are, we are pushing hard for, for outside sponsorships for multiple players that we have on our roster. Um, 
everyone has unique abilities and styles and all of that stuff. So, you know, tattoo cream, you know, um, you know, beard oil, um, all sorts of stuff that is, you know, we're not here just for the players. We're not just here for helping the companies hold players accountable, but we're also trying to raise the bar for everyone and bring more to the industry. Okay. Got to ask the question. The chat room's asking. I've got to ask, and I'm pushing hard on no. How much money? What's the cut that you guys get? How, what's your financial like revenue look like with this? Like people paying you to become a part of the club or what? I regret it now, but no, no one's paying us. <laughs> no, uh, no, we, we, it's based on uh, how many services we do, right? So it could vary. It could be 3%. It could be 20%. It could be anywhere. So like if someone comes in and says scans, I am lost. We need to, I need you to help me with everything. You know, that means contracts, sponsorships, um, endorsements. They want us to take over their social media. They want us to build them a brand and logos and website. Like that's going to be on the higher percentage side of things. If you're like, hey, scans, uh, I got a slam dunk for you. I, I just want you to manage this so I don't have the stress. You know, it's going to be a lower percent because we're we're more about building the industry year one. And, and we're not really signing people to contracts. We want you to love us so much that you just keep coming back to us and you tell your friends about us. And we're white glove. So you will get the best experience that we can deliver. And is this pretty much opened up to any player touring wide? Do you guys have a cap on how many players you're going to try to do the first year? Yes, we do. Uh, we're looking for seven probably is the max, um, because like I said, I don't want to give up that white glove service. Um, yeah, so we, we don't want to go. We don't want to go too high, but I have plans to expand. I have investors lined up if we keep growing at this pace. I have um, there are a lot of big things that we want to do that are going to shock the industry, uh, but not quite ready to release those yet. You gotcha. go ahead, shock us, knock our socks off. <laughs> I, I will G give me about eight months and I'll, I'll do just eight that. <laughs> months. We're going to set the oh, timer. Hey, Siri, remind me in eight months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just thinking, so you talked about, you know, I've heard you say we a few times, do you have a team yet or just people that are kind of volunteering their time or what does it look like for you? So I have a team. Uh, I am a firm believer that you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. Um, so I have uh, my co-founder, Josh Granado, uh, who is helping me with negotiations in that level. I have Alex Sakash, who you might know as the Wiser Owl. He's head of my media team. Uh, Will Goinger, Goringer, excuse me. Sorry, Will. Uh, he's working on all our data analytics. So before we pull a player, before we'll even present a player, I want to know their sock size. Like, I don't want to go into any negotiation without, like, I want to know your worst hole on tour so we can fix that next season for you. So again, we're doing more than just contract negotiation. We're going to help you become the best you can be by showing you these things and removing all the stress you might have during the season. Wow. Uh, and of course, Tara, my lovely wife, she's uh, she's an accounting major, so she's taking over the finances. That's a big help. Yep. <laughs> so, Nick, you're not raising your hand yet? Like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> so. Oh, it's funny. Someone someone goes, someone in the chat was like, well, we know who Nick is talking to after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nice. I, that was a pretty good comment. Actually, it, I don't know if you missed it, Nick, but someone I, I asked you earlier what you thought when uh, that multi-million dollar deal was announced, and someone said Nick was like, "Hey, uh, what about me?" <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, like, here's I'm gonna throw some ideas out there, just see your reaction to them. So, Nick and Matt show we're a disc golf media company, but we want some help on the management side. Right now, you're probably not maybe you are prepared to say yeah you would help but like would you branch out into other besides players 
Uh, yes, we've had a couple companies already reach out to us to to kind of help them. Um, so I'll never do anything without a plan or the data to back it up. So I'm currently researching these avenues to see if we can benefit you as much as we think we can. If it proves that we can, we're all in. Um, on that same line, we started partnering with nutrition shops and we uh, partnered with Allison Kenneth, uh, Alan Ken, sorry, excuse me, um, Allison over at um, Edward Jones to help players when they sign these contracts to have a 30 minute meeting about financial planning. You guys don't have healthcare or 401k or all those things. So if we can provide those benefits to you uh, at little to no cost, then like go enjoy that and learn to put some money away in an IRA or off to, to, to save for your future. For sure. I've yep. been saying this for a long time. Nick and I are in this industry of talking disc golf, but part of our show, strongly part of it since the beginning, is getting on professional talent to talk about what they have going on because we think, Nick and I always have this conversation, that there is tremendous value in getting their face in front of their fans and their people. I'm assuming you see that value for players as well, but in our side of it, it can be hard to line them up. As a management group, it sounds really exciting to me. Is that something like we could reach out to you for? If we want, let's just say, for instance, we want to get Drew Gibson on the show. Can we reach out to you and help and you'll help make that happen? 100%. So I, I, have, I have 80 requests in my inbox now for tournaments and, and certain things. And each player has a certain you know criteria that needs to be met for them to go do whatever X is. Um, but yeah, those, those are all the things we, we answer every email, every request that comes in. We don't ignore anything. Uh, you'll always get a response. Um, that's just how we that's how we work. Yeah. I think that's huge, especially in the disc golf world right now, because as players are getting better and better and they're getting more well-known when outside sponsors come in, players, or excuse me, tournament directors are going to want players to go to sometimes their local tournaments and they'll do everything they can to get them there. So being able to have an agency behind you handling all that takes a lot of stress off the pro player and then it's like okay yeah we can go out and do that or no i don't feel like doing that i think that's huge in our sport yeah, yeah selfishly i'm over here like please everybody get a player management group like or go work go get cooked up with scans here um and it's not to say that like we can't get people on the show but i think having somebody who specializes in that knowing this is an opportunity you need to take advantage of it's going to help the player make those decisions too, uh, trusting uh, DGPM. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, what did we miss, Scans? What did we miss that is really exciting about what you're doing? Anything else? Uh, I, I just, I'm blown away by the response, the market response. Uh, I'm blown away by the actual company's response for the majority. Uh, they all say this is needed in the industry. They all say they appreciate what we're doing and understand where we're coming from. Um, you know, a lot of you guys, a lot of you players are young, you know, you're talking 18 to 32 is like the the sweet spot. And like, you want to go buy houses, you want to go do all these things. And you know, the message is a bank isn't going to look at a 10 to 20 grand salary and be like, yeah, you can get a loan for a house. Like, so I don't care you get 30 grand in, in discs, like that doesn't mean anything to me, the bank. Uh, so we're trying to kind of flip the model on that uh, on its head and, and get these companies to treat the players like employees, you know, um, and that's, that's really the goal. Wow. Do you feel like the way Paul was open about his big contract that he signed recently, do you feel like that was good for the sport just shifting to now players are finally starting to, they, they have someone who showed what they are worth. Yeah. And is that kind of also how you guys are gauging what another player is worth? Uh, it definitely set a barometer and it definitely opened up the industry uh, as a whole. So thank you, Paul. Everyone appreciates it. Um, 
every player's value is different to anyone you talk to. Right. And that's the biggest challenge of this job. Right. That's why everything we do is data based. Like I can't I can't come to you and be like player X did these things. And and like, yeah, you need to love them. You know, you might not like that player, so you're not going to pay them. But Matt might love that payer, player and would pay them. Right. So you just got to make sure you're, you're you have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed before you before you go into any conversation. Yeah, I think you've provided us with a lot of good insight on this. Uh, I'm excited to know that. It's coming out of the Northeast. There seems to be so much coming out of the Northeast as far as big things for disc golf. And I think this is some of the first to do this management deal stuff. And I feel like there's going to be more seeing it as a good opportunity. And I believe a lot are going to come to you as part of this. Uh, Nick, I'm just going to throw this. I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, Scan seems like someone who has a good perspective on players and judging players. And I'm just thinking to myself, should we go down this road of judge that disc golfer with scans? Oh, boy. I mean, if you've got one set up, might as well. <laughs> scans. What do you think? Do you got an extra 10 minutes? Let's go. All Let's right. Have some fun. Nobody knew this was coming down. I didn't even know, but I just felt like it could line itself up here. Let's jump right into it. Let's see. Here we go. Judge that disc golfer, the game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. All right, judging a disc golfer we've never met. Now, this player is from the Maple Hill area, so it's possible that all three of us could have met him. I did. I interviewed him. Evan's up. He doesn't know this yet. He always looks for the stream a little bit later. He, <laughs> he's playing this as well. All right, so... You've played, you've seen this before, right, Scans? Yep. Okay, good. He's like, nope, I haven't. <laughs> we can't do it. <laughs> I'm completely lying. I have no clue what I'm doing. Let's have some fun. <laughs> All right, let's 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 go ahead and introduce our first player to the game. All right, hey, man, my name is Matt. Thanks for coming on the show. What's your name? Yeah, no problem. I'm Brent. All right, Brent, let's get to know you a little bit. How long have you been playing disc golf? For about three years now, yeah. Okay, three years. In those three years, have you ever played a tournament? No. Any competition at all, leagues or anything? Uh, no, just with my friends. Okay, yeah. just with your friends for about three years. Lucky to have Maple Hill. Is this your local course? Yeah, we're, we just moved out of Worcester, so I've been playing in the Worcester area for about three years. Okay, at Maple Hill, what's your favorite layout, would you say? Uh, the whites. You know, it's a little challenging, but also you got the easy holes. <laughs> Perfect. So, you said you haven't competed, so I'm guessing you don't have a PDGA membership. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. Okay, so no rating there. How about the pro scene? Do you follow that at all? Uh, do no, you, know, do you have any favorite we, pros? Yeah, we got Simon. What's his last name? Simon. Does anybody know a guy named Simon? The, the fans me. right now and the followers are screaming at you. Yeah. Lizot. All right, there Simon. He was actually on our show a few weeks ago, so nice. uh, I'm sure he'll be glad to hear he's got another fan here. So let's get to it. How far can you throw a disc? All right, you know how this game is played. We asked how far can you throw a disc. This is what his response is. There's not really any clarifiers. We're not going to make scans go first. We're going to make him go last here to give him an advantage. Evan, what's your answer? Oh, I, I said this last time I did judge this disc golf, judge that disc golfer, not this disc golfer. <laughs> he can throw 350, but he's going to say 330. Okay, 330 feet is his answer. That's what Evan says. Nick, what do you think he's going to say? I'm going to go 360. 360. All right. Nick says 360. Scans, what do you got? 
Evan stole my number, so I'm gonna go three. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna price is right. I'm three seventeen. <laughs> three seventeen. That's right. You got the under. All right. Let's go ahead and see what his answer is. Cool. They're right there, so they're about to judge me. Uh, well, I'd say only like. 450. Oh. Okay, 450 <laughs> feet. Can I just ask as a follow-up, how do you measure that? Uh, just by the hole, length of the hole, and then distance side still left to the basket. <laughs> 450 feet, everybody. <clears throat> All right. It's good on him. Nick, you, um, got, you got the point, right? All right. I did. I got, the, I got it. Oh, that's funny. I asked, though. I asked in follow-up, how do you know? And he says he looks at the T sign, where he lands. That's pretty far. So, all right, here we go. Question number two. If I was to give you a stack of 10 putters and to stick you at about what we call circle's edge, which is about 10 meters, so maybe about the edge of the island green there, yeah. how many would go in the basket? How many go in the basket? 10 putters from circle's edge. And what does he answer? We're going to go with Nick first, uh, scan second, Evan third. Six. He says six. Now, this is a question you're allowed to answer the same if you really want to. Scans, what do you got? I'm a seven out of ten. Seven. Evan, what do you say? I'm tempted to say ten because this dude said he threw 450. <laughs> and I'm I'm a little bit not sure about that. Uh, no, I'm just maybe he does. I, let's judge that disc off. I'm allowed to do this. Uh, I'll say five. He probably says 11 or 12. He's yeah. like, bro, I... <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's see what his answer is. Uh... uh... Seven. Ooh. Okay, seven out of ten. <laughs> You're, dude, you'd be in make two out of His ten. His buddies <laughs> off screen are razzing him. <laughs> All right, point for scans. There you go. I knew you could judge people. You, You're, you seem like a good oh. judge of talent. All right, uh, here we go. Let's get into our third question. If you were to get a disc golf tattoo, <laughs> what would it be? Would it be a putter hitting the front rim? Tasmanian Devil throwing a 360 long distance drive, a single basket, or a favorite disc golf phrase you might have. For instance, like grip it and rip it or death putt. <laughs> I love his reaction when I asked if you were to get a disc golf tattoo. He's like, oh boy. <laughs> All right, Scans, you're up first. What's the tattoo of choice out of those options? I don't know. He, he liked the Taz, but I think I'm going disc golf saying. All right, a phrase or a saying. Uh, Evan, you're next. Are we allowed to go duplicates on this one? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to go phrase. He's got something like, I, I don't even know, count, check marks for all of his aces or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Nick, you're up. <laughs> I was thinking about going phrase, but I, I'll go oddball on it, and I'll say the uh, the single basket. Single basket. Let's see how he answers. It would be huck and pray. Okay, so it would be a favorite disc golf phrase, huck and pray. <laughs> that's excellent. Huck and pray, baby. <laughs> Love it. All right, that's a point. That's two scans as the lead. Evan has one point. Nick has one point. We're getting into our final question. If Nick and Evan get it correct and scans gets it wrong, we have a three-way playoff. If scans gets it right, it's over. Let's see how it plays out. Question number four. If you were to play your first competitive round, but it was with unfavorable weather conditions. Yeah. Are you going to choose to have it be really windy, 20 miles an hour plus the whole round, moderately raining, so consistent rain the whole round, or snowing? Picture like a blizzard. All right. So we're back to Evan answering first, Nick, and then scans. Evan, what 
weather, unfavorable weather does he choose? I think this guy can throw 600 with a tailwind, so I'm going to go wind. <laughs> Evan chooses wind. Nick, what is he going to say? I, I was going to say the same thing. I feel like this guy likes playing in the wind. Me too. All right, sc uh, Scans, you can't lose if you say win. Uh, that's no fun, but I was going to guess win because I was going to say snow, but he's so skinny and pale that there's no way he likes the cold. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got to go win. I don't want to, but I got to do it. All that's right. what it is. Exactly. Here we go. Scans wins, but let's see how it plays out. I've played in the snow and I, I hate it. I hate it. So I wouldn't do that. I'd probably go for the wind, you know. <laughs> It would be it would be all over the place, but that's my game right now, so it wouldn't awesome. change too much. Awesome. Any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Uh thanks, Dad. And uh wait, big Dave. You'll know who I am. All right, awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. B big Dave. I don't know who you are, but he says you'll know. Yeah, and scans. Big Dave. I loved the additional commentary there. You nailed it. Like <clears throat> he called it out perfectly scans good job i got to give you the points i got to give everyone else the points so at least we can see how it played out but scans had three yeah. nick had two and evan had two all right let's close this segment out judge that disc golfer the game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met awesome awesome job uh to you scans way to go we're so glad to have you on the show tonight um, I would say, do you have any shout outs? But we'll leave that to your players. They, you need to instruct them to give out the right shout outs, the right times. Yep. You got it. I'll send them along. You just tell me when you uh, need the episodes and I'll see who can get, get moving to you guys. Man. I was going to say, it's an off season right now. So getting players hopefully will be a little bit easier throughout the off season. But we're definitely going to be branching out to more than just the notables who finish at last weekend's event, which is nice. Love it. Awesome. Any last thoughts or should we just cut the line now and have you back another day? No, we are good. I just uh, appreciate you guys having us on and, you know, we're all trying to elevate the industry as a whole. So let's keep it going. Cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. Scans. Love what you're doing. All right. Have a good day. It's all right. Have Talk to you later. All yeah. right, everybody. New England, baby. That's what I'll say. New England uh, scans. As yeah. he says, let's get that out of the way. Let's call him scans. I was being all formal. Yeah. The scans, uh, I brought it up, and I wasn't sure that he actually was not the team manager anymore, but he was doing that for mm -hmm. Prodigy for quite a while. Um, yeah, I think he was, a, he was the street team captain for a little while, and I, you know, I think this is a better avenue that he's going down. I think this is really cool what's coming out in the sport. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see the success that it's going to enroll in the next few years. Does he seem at all to you like a salesman? <laughs> I'm pretty sure... That's one of his strengths. Um, he's like, come to us. We'll make you better. We're going to find out what hole you don't play well at. And you're going to play well at that next year. Like that's, that's what I was curious is like, is Stan's going to give me tips and, um, you know, go from there. Like, am, am I going to learn how to play a hole? <laughs> well, that's what he's saying. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that works out for everybody, but I think it's fantastic. As I've mentioned before, we've talked about this on our show. How many times, Nick? where we're like, we need to be able to reach out to a player's manager and just get an answer. Yes or no. That's all we want. Like, yes or no. We don't care. You say no, but we need an yeah. answer. So, Josh, if you're there, uh, we can't see you. We can hear you. And we're hoping to get you on here in a minute. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lie. I, uh, I got a text from a very good buddy just 45 seconds too late, but he said Whoa. about the squatch numbers. And I don't know what that means. So if Scans is somehow still listening or Will or the DGPM group is still in the chat, yeah. I want to hear about that. 
So curiosity. Anywho. Yeah. Well, as soon as you started reading that question, it kind of went mute on you because we're still trying to get in my brother here. Um, so say oh. that question one more time. I'll say, let me, let me get a little bit more info on it and then I'll re-ask it. So I'm just waiting for another text back. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what's but, up with Skype today, but you were having issues. We were seeming to have a little issues with scans before he came on. Now we got Josh in finally. Um, let's go ahead and bring him in. We'll continue this conversation. All right, Josh, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I was just trying to click join call. I don't know. It was like a hiccup, but I'm here. All right. Dude, well, Skype won't even yeah. let me do anything. I was trying to call Matt earlier. It wouldn't even let me hit the call button. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with Skype. Fix your stuff. All right. So Take people are... People don't know that Josh was jumping on tonight. We, we like to just change things up. So now we've got Matt, Nick, Josh, and Evan in the room on the call. Man, can we have a good time tonight? And we're actually, we're going to. We're going to be talking about a lot of cool stuff. Uh, one of the things being, let's go ahead and take, let's try to keep it into this 10-minute range, which, guys, we all know that means, like, what, like an hour? <laughs> No, 10, 10. <laughs> Start the timer. Josh, this is not pro talk with Matt and Josh. We I would say we, we, we have a timer on some other yes. shows. We can do it. We oh. have a timer on our other show. So we can do the bells and the rings and all that and the buzzers. But I wanted to bring you on because I think you would can uh, add to this conversation a lot. And Evan at Stat Mando, give us the elevator speech of what you guys are just about to roll out. We've talked about it for a while, but what is it and when is it coming? Yeah, uh, we're working on uh, a ranking system. Uh, I mean, we find that super cool. Uh, a lot of ranking systems out there. Uh, but we, we, what we're trying to add is kind of a create your own ranking system. That way you can kind of choose what you kind of factor, what events you think are worth more than others, but more like how much more. Are majors worth double a disc golf pro tour, or just a little bit more than a disc golf pro tour? So, uh, what we're hoping everyone can do is go onto our site and, and just choose all these different values for what events worth. If you want events to lose value over time, or if you just want everything to be worth the full amount, if you want to only count a certain amount of events, like if you only want to count the top five or maybe top ten, or just do all their events. So, the more events you play, the the better you do. You can do a lot of a lot of changing with that. So. Um, Kind of working with the back end still in beta stage, but we're uh, we're hoping it can get rolled out, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks or a month or so. So stay tuned. Some off-season content for people to be excited about. Okay. So if you're into stats and someone said this in the chat early, earlier, they're like, okay, Matt's there and Evan's there talking stats. This is going to be a long show. We want to make this very, I say we, Statmanda wants to make this very user-friendly where you choose what the value is. Uh, we have people that often say, well, I don't like that ranking system because I think it's unfair or it's not weighted correctly or you need to put more value here or you need to have it degrade over time because they won that 10 months ago, but in the last three months, this guy's been on fire. He needs to be higher, all of that kind of stuff. So that's what you've done. And... You reached out to us earlier because it's not officially live yet. We can't do this live right now in studio. I mean, we could have, but we would have had to change a few things. Mm -hmm. So you took Nick's preferences and you plugged them in and we were going to see what Nick's ranking system says for top 10 or whatever. You did it for me. I gave you what I weighted it as. And then I believe you did it. Maybe just the, the yeah. standard. No, I picked my own kind of my okay. own okay. thoughts with it. Just rolling with something, trying it out. I mean, that's the whole point. You don't okay. have to have a set one and stick with it. You want to. Try out That's different right. values and see how it turns out. See if you like it. All right. So go ahead. And Josh, you were not involved in this, but you're here. You can listen and tell us what you think. Um, 
Evan, go ahead and run down the way that I weighted it and go ahead and give my top 10. Do you remember how I weighted it? Do you have that list or yeah. do you need me to give it so, to you? So uh, you gave, uh, well, first I'll just say real, real quick is uh, different tiers or tours will have s certain values, but if you win it, you get 100 points times that amount that that event's worth. If you come in second, I believe it's 60 and third is 39. Um, it's how the, the PGA tour does their point values for placing. So we just, we took that. Um, we think it's a good system and we're sticking with that. So you did um, majors is worth a hundred points elite series. So disc golf pro tour national tour, but next year will just be disc golf pro tour um, as worth 80 points um, uh, Euro events. So there's the, the ET and the prodigy disc pro tour. Uh, you had those as 50 uh, points. You had silvers uh, as five points. Then you had A tiers, B tiers, and C tiers count as nothing. You did not want to include those one bit. Um, That's right. Can I give you just the quick reason behind some of that? So I felt like if I, and this is me, this is this is the value of this system that you guys are doing. For me, I was like, I want my ranking system to determine only the biggest events. And I felt like even, and now People can hate on me for this, but I felt like even the European tour events, are they big events? The answer is, if I qualify that, yes, they're big events over there and it's the biggest that they can play. But, uh, and now people are going to hate on me and the Europeans come with pitchforks, I'm sure. If Paul went over there to play a European event or any of our big players, Eagle, I feel like like they should win that. Like, it's not like a question of if, in my opinion, so I felt like that's too easy. If someone wanted to just go over there and run that tour, like they shouldn't be able to just be top ranked. And that's the, that was part of my argument for why earlier on I said Evelina, Henna, and Kristen, like it's tough to say that because of those. So I put a lower weight on those and I put all the weight on the top minus A, B, C, zero and silver series. What did I do? Five? Yeah, you did five. Yeah, so I said, okay, it's a, a 16th of what a elite yeah. disc golf pro tour. So that's my talk through that. So go ahead and, and how, what do you want to do? Top 10? Uh, yeah. So, well, I, I did two different scenarios. I did one, which is just, uh, a no degradation for 2021 only. And then I did kind of a ranking system, which is like a two year period with degradation. So we'll cover just the, the ranking system first. Um, for FPO, you had Paige Pierce coming out in first by a lot, um, over Katrina Allen, Haley King, Missy Gannon, Sarah Hokum. Uh, and then in six was Kona Panis, seventh, Jessica Weiss, eighth was the top European as Evelina Salonen. And ninth was Kristen, Kristen Tatar, and tenth was Heather Young. Um, and on the MPO side, you had Ricky Wysocki over Paul Macbeth, who was narrowly over Eagle McMahon. Um, and then Calvin Heinberg's in fourth, Chris Dickerson in fifth, Adam Hammis in sixth, Kyle Klein, uh, Kevin Jones, James Conrad, and Nico LaCastro rounding out the top ten. Okay, so that doesn't mean too much to everybody because it probably sounds pretty – at least to me, it sounds kind of accurate to what a top 10 might be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to Nick. Do you remember what you chose Nick for your weighted? Yes. Give me one second. Well, I mean, Evan can tell up. you too. I, I got it right here. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, okay. Yeah. I, I know I did a hundred for elite series. I think I did 75 hundred for majors, a hundred for majors, 75 for the elite series, whether it was Euro or here in America. Um, Silver Series, I did 25 points, A tiers three, B tiers one, which I actually kind of want to, I know you already did everything, but looking at it now, I would do zero, 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 kind of like how Matt did. Yeah. Um, 
but I did three one zero. So well, let's we see. Go, this is this is the value, Nick. Does it change it up a lot? The point is, let's see how yours played mm -hmm. out. So yeah, Evan, and, go ahead. And and get interesting, it. I think Silver Series are only worth a third of a Discop Pro Tour Elite Series in yours, where in Matt's was a sixteenth. <laughs> um, so in FPO rankings, you had Paige Pearson first as well. Uh, she's pretty clear over second in a lot of any kind of whatever you do. Uh, Katrina Allen is second. Haley King third. Missy Gannon fourth. Sarah Hokum fifth. Then you had Ella. Oh my gosh. Evelina uh, Salonen, uh, excuse me, in sixth. Um, Kristen Tatar in seventh. And Kona, Hanna Blomrus, and Jessica Weiss rounding out the top ten. Okay. Do, can we see real quick, Did it, what changed there? Did anything so, change in those? Oh, it uh, wasn't super clear, but... Uh, with my scoring, Kona so you, was eighth, while you had her at sixth. Yes. Yeah, your top five was exactly the same. Um, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have Kona at six and six, yeah. Yeah, and so Nick had the uh, Europeans with Evelina Salon and Kristen Tatar higher than you had a Matt. Um, mm. They were eight and nine for Matt, and they were five and six. Or there sorry, you six go. Six and seven for Nick. There you go. And then that, Hannah Blomrus also made the top ten. That was one yep. of the biggest differences. I put less yep. value on Euro Tour, tour and yep. you can see that, how it played out. And Nick had more value, and you can see that actually bumped him up one or two or three spots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then on the MPO side, uh, he had um, Ricky, Paul, Eagle, Calvin, which is the, and Chris, actually, this is almost identical. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll just go through real quick. Close. Ricky, Paul, Eagle, Calvin, Chris Dickerson, Adam Hammes, Kyle Klein, Kevin Jones, James Conrad, Vino Makala as the 10th. That was the only difference was Vino Makala. Again, um, you're the Euro. Yeah, and so for, chose to be for, you had Nico Euro. at 10th, Nick had him at 11th. Okay. So that's the difference. But see, this is the fun of this, and I hope Stat Mando stays with us for a while. This is the kind of thing that is fun, where you get to choose, and your system is actually going to be easy, where it just pops it up. Here it is. I chose it. This is what's important. This is the end all be all. Uh, Josh, what would you rate those? Would you rate it similarly to what we did, like based off 100 points per event? Like, what would you choose? Yeah, I think, I mean, majors, I feel like that's no question. Um, and honestly, here's what I would try to do, and I can tell you, but I would I would try to pick the events and weight them the way I think the players view them. Because I think that ultimately drives the most consistent outcome. Because if the players view it as the most important event, you're going to get the best players there. You're going to get the most preparation, right? You're going to get the hardest competition. And so I think at the end, that represents the events that are worth the most. So I think every single major, every single player views it that way. So it's got to be 100, right? Because that's the most reliable result. And here's the point. I'm going to jump to the bottom. In your case, for like B tiers, which you gave a five and maybe a three or whatever it was. Zero. I would say, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, right, but here's the point is do your top players, whatever that number is, top 10, 30, 50, whatever you want to draw the line, do they view it that way, right? And so if they're kind of like, uh, I'm just going to pick like a Ricky who was on number one in both of those lists. If he's like, ah, the silver series, right? Like I'm not, I'm not nearly as serious in my preparation. I'm not showing up early. I'm not focusing as much, but of course I'd like to win. Then I'm like, yeah, discount that. So at the end of the day, majors and elite series, in my opinion, um, yeah, those are the two biggest and then it drops fairly heavy. But can yeah. I ask, can I ask a question or two? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Does the field at the events matter? Is that part of this equation or not? In this, no. But okay. I will give you a quick uh, sneak peek is uh, 
when we roll out create your own rankings we're hoping to do multiple <laughs> rankings tied into it we still got some things in the works um but I, we'll definitely have one that's kind of centered more around the field strength of that event so you might have a pro tour that has a lot of people there like ledgestone and you might have a pro yep. tour like des moines that was kind of a late addition and a lot of people didn't uh add it to their schedules having different yep. weights because there is different players at different events but for this right, create your own rankings yeah. it's going to keep it a little simpler and all pro tour events are going to be the same weight all right so simple is good uh case in point though right Vin, uh oh, vintage no not vintage open which was uh oh belton open at belton silver series mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. that silver series down the end right was really compelling and why was it compelling well, because of the story, the competitors down the line, in this case, probably one and two, arguably ranked one and two players kind of duking it out, and they they both wanted to beat each other. Yes, it was a silver series. They didn't sweat it like it was a major. But in that case, I'm like, that was way more compelling than um, what was the silver series like up in, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to pick on one. <laughs> right, But that wasn't nearly as compelling. Okay. Resistance discs didn't have as Resistance many discs pros. or even yeah. uh, the one Kyle Klein won. Great, oh, Stafford Open or whatever, right? The one that ended up happening at a different course. Okay. So I, you got to discount those. Um, Matt, one more question, then I'll be quiet. <laughs> Good. Evan, is this just straight cumulative points? So, for example, so, if you won three majors, you get 300 points? Um, so yeah, that's a good question because I actually forgot to mention this, but we'll get into the ones that I made in a second, which will come into play is Matt and uh, Nick both pick to take your top 20 events and then average those points. Um, okay. So if you only played 19 events, you essentially get zero for the 20th. Um, if you play great at 21 events, one's going to get dropped. Um, but that was our choice. That was the way yeah. we chose to do it, but you could choose. So, this, so you yeah. Could, we're, we're, yeah, we're planning on having it be where you can choose. It's just going to be total points or, that you're going to do um, kind of an average of, of five events, 10 events, 20, or if you and, want to go 50, like. And part of the value here is you can look at a full season, forget how many, like just what did you play? You could say player of the year talk, meaning you don't have degradation. Yeah. You don't have to set an amount. Um, what were you thinking with that? And, Josh, well, can, I, I'll, yeah. can I give a, yeah, can I give a reaction? I don't know if I specifically to, to that comment, but just in general, why I say it matters to the players, what I find most compelling, I think you had Paul on for an interview at some point in the past months, and you ended up with a little extra banter. Nick, maybe this is when he was in the warehouse and you pulled him in and you looked at world mm -hmm. rankings a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. You know what's most insightful to me is how like a player at that level, fairly quickly, you actually hear the reasoning in his head of like, well, here's why this didn't really like matter as much. And who are they competing against here? And oh, that was that event that none of us cared about. Right. And this is happening. So in other words, he's creating this system in his head and boy, like, wouldn't we love to have the same thing from Ricky and Eagle and Calvin and Chris, right. And then have that aggregate. And so it's fun that you can do it because at the end of the day, we're left guessing what matters to them. Right. We've heard um, some players say certain events do or don't matter. So I want to build a ranking system off of that. Um, the other fun part, just a general comment. So Evan, I think it's great. Matt and I have talked about this topic before in general, and we always want to debate our rankings. So it's fun that you can kind of tweak it, right? You can kind of make the case and be like, here's why my player's number one. Um, mm -hmm. 
depending how flexible you make this, of course, I can see somebody sitting there and messing with the system until their player pops up on top. But that's awesome. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say, Josh, it sounds to me like your choice of how you would rank is the correct way. It sounds like it. You can go out there and say, everybody, this is the right way. Mine is the right way because it's the way the players want it. But then someone's going to come over and say, well... And and I would argue that, Josh, like you said, belt and silver series. I go, great. All the players showed up there because it's a great event. But in the end, it doesn't have the same pressure on it. It doesn't have. So like I, I'm not waiting at the same. And this is the debate of yep. sport talk. So I'm going to let Evan go ahead and give his results as he put them. And then we did some fun things to kind of show how the system might be adjusted in an interesting way. Yeah, so I did uh, 100 points for majors as well as you guys, but I dropped my elite in Euro down to 50, so it's worth half of what a major is worth. Then I dropped, I kept the same kind of um, percent that uh, the Disco Pro Tour does with Silver Series, having it be a quarter. So I did a quarter of 50, which is 12 and a half. And then I, I kept it a little fun and did three points for A tiers, two points for B tiers, and one point for C tier. Uh, I don't necessarily think those should count a ton, but. Uh, they're only three points, two points and one point. Like it's not going to hurt a ton. Uh, so yeah. the uh, big difference I did also is I only counted the top 12 events. Um, if, if you guys both noticed in your rankings, uh, Eagle was third behind Paul. And I'm not saying he's definitely above Paul. That's a great debate. Uh, but he played less events this year. He kind of skipped, I think, all or most silver series and played one or two NTs. Mm -hmm. um, so my rankings came out to be uh, Paige Pearson first as well. Um, and then Katrina Allen, uh, Haley King, and then I had Evelina Salonen at fourth and then Missy Gannon at fifth. Uh, so I had the same top three, Evelina popped up, Missy went from fourth to fifth compared to you guys. And then Sarah Hokum in sixth, uh, Kristen Tatar in seventh, Henna Blomroos in eighth, Kona Panis in ninth. And, Ooh, I have a PDGA number here, but I didn't <laughs> grab it. A I top looked it up 10 right before player. I came, but I was, I was, I was really I was surprised about this was. and I wanted to look into why they made my top 10. Uh, oh, I pulled it up right here. It was Brittany uh, Quesenberry. Is that Quesenberry. Quesenberry? What a cool name. And I, she plays, oh, she did second at the resistance disc open. And so, okay, I don't, and maybe last year she did some, I was really confused on how she got that high, but I'm going to look into it later and find out. And that's, what's really cool about it <laughs> on the MPO side. And this is where it gets really interesting. My results turned out with Paul Macbeth being the first in the rankings uh, with Ricky being second, Eagle third, Calvin fourth. I had Chris Dickerson in fifth, just like you guys had, but I had Kyle Klein jump up to sixth compared to you guys having him in seventh. And then uh, James Conrad was in seventh. You guys both had him in ninth. Uh, Adam Hamas dropped to eighth uh, compared to you guys having him sixth. Vina Makala is in ninth. And Kevin Jones drops from 10th when you guys had him at eighth. Okay. So the talking point here, I want to kind of adjust it too, because I think it's relevant, is the number one changing is always the big story. Seven, eight, nine, ten could be debated up one, down one. Number one is a big story. Why did your ranking system put Paul first? I got to assume it's because I did majors being worth double. You did majors being a hundred points and yeah. disc golf pro tour being 80 or elite being 80. So oh, as well. okay. I did elite yep. being 50. So with Paul coming in first and second in the two uh, majors this year, uh, I don't know what he did at USDGC last year, but not uh, good. Wasn't that his dropout? No, that was 2019. Oh. No, that was 2019. Um, and then, you know, Ricky, I think he came in like third or fourth, like not, not anything bad, of course. Um, so, and then Eagle as well, finishing top 10, but more like seventh or eighth at the 
two majors this year. Okay, this is all interesting, but let's have a little fun. Let's all go right. over and let's do, uh, I think I said, hey, let's make Silver Series worth a lot uh, and see who would be ranked well if we gave a lot of value to those. So how, yeah. did, how did we rank that value system? So, bro? yeah, I did Silver Calvin Series Heimberg. are worth 100, so that's what majors have been doing. Calvin Heimberg, Missy Gannon, Josh says. <laughs> and then everything else is worth 10 points. So you have some things okay. factoring in. It's not just Silver Series. But everything but else was 10. A huge weight of Silver <laughs> Series, yeah. Okay. Um. And on the FBO side, we had a huge shakeup. Lisa Fakus took the number one spot. <laughs> yes. uh, she, I can't remember. She, I think, won two Silver Series this year, maybe, or some last year. Was it Goat Hill? And she also did um, the Great Lakes thing one year. Anyways. Uh, and then Missy Gannon comes in second. Uh, she won Stafford and probably did well at a few others, too. Sarah Hookham in third, Kristen Tatar in fourth, and Katrina Allen in fifth. Uh, on the F, uh, on the MPO side, Ricky Wysocki, uh, again, like in almost all the other ones, uh, comes in first. He had, uh, I think, two wins this year, Belton and Vintage, maybe. Um, Adam Hammes in second. He won Resistance Discs. Uh, Calvin Heiberg won third. No, he won Vintage. That is correct. Uh, Matt Orham in fourth, who won Stafford. And in fifth was Dan Schlitter, who won um, uh, Clash of the Canyons, was it? Yes. Yeah. No, it was. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Clash of the Canyons, but it was Clash. Was it Clash of Canyons? No, I think it was Clash <laughs> at the Canyons. Maybe, Maybe it, was it was Clash at the oh, Canyons. Oh, yeah, it was. I'm sorry. I <laughs> yeah. was thinking that was a tournament that just happened in North Carolina. Yeah. And Terry Roethlisberger was sixth. And uh, just a few other notes. Uh, Nathan Queen was eighth. Scott Withers was ninth. I know he played resistance discs. Uh, yeah, he got second at resistance. So I don't know. That probably played a huge part. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. player otherwise. I think... Josh, I'm going to let you say your thought. I think you should add, I always say this, on your website, there should be a fan vote that you can choose to take into account for your rating system. So, like, if people go on there and vote, I go on there and vote, and everyone, it's like, it gives, like, player values to people that you could then account in if someone wanted to. Like, hey, so many people think this guy's better. Yeah, like, that's I, fine. I find that his value. Pool. Exactly. Yeah. I find that his value, and I'll give that a weighted percent of like 10 points, you know, or something. But all right, Josh, yeah. what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I, I love the idea um, because truly at the end of the day, this time of year, any disc golf friends hanging out, any podcast, any shows, right? We start debating who's player of the year. And everybody's got an opinion, and sure, we're usually within the top five, right, some agreement. But then what do we do? We just debate exactly the nuances. Well, here's why maybe they weren't quite as big of a story, but remember they had this stretch, right, back in, like, you know, June, right, and we're trying to recall all these things. And so I like both sides of it, meaning it's fun to be able to kind of try to make your case with data and Statmando making that easy, right, which is a lot of fun. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think I specifically answered your question. If it were me, I would say majors get a hundred elite series and Euro tour both get 50. And that is all I drop everything else off. So it's funny, I as, everything as, else. As we were doing this. Yeah. As we were talking about this the whole time, I was saying to myself next year, I don't even want to count elite series in the conversation of player of the year stuff. Cause we're talking about the best players going out in the road. I would just put literally the elite series events. I'm sorry. Did I say elite before? I meant yes. to say silver series. Sorry. I meant to say silver series. I'm like, what? I saw Matt get kind of like get wild out right there. Um, but I would silver series completely kick them out and just do 50 points. Like Josh was just saying 50 points for elite series events. And then a hundred points for the majors. Cause I think the majors especially is what 
catches my eye, who is consistently competing well at the majors. That's the biggest tournaments of the year. Next year, there's going to be more than two of them. So I think that's going to be huge for next year's talk. But yeah, I wouldn't even count the Silver Series events, especially with the way that the Pro Tour is going right now and making the Elite Series Tour almost at one point, it's going to be specifically for tour card holders or professional tour members of it. And then Silver Series are going to be that lower end tour of players trying to get up onto the Elite Series Tour. And, and that's yeah, this purpose. is what makes it right. Yeah, but this is what makes it fun. I think each year matters. I, Nick, I feel like this year I would rank things a little different than I would next year, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that, yeah, definitely. I mean, just because we heard a lot of the top pros uh, in the beginning of the year say, I'm trying to get as many tournaments in as I can because you may not remember, but back in March, we were still unclear if we were going to have a full touring season, right? We ended yeah. up pretty much having that, but like. That, that changes the vibe. So again, I'm picking on it as one event out of all of them, but the, the belt and open felt like a different vibe. That's because a lot of the players love that event, but honestly, a lot of them would have skipped that event if they knew what the whole year would have played out, right? Because they didn't need to pack in the Silver Series events, but they were because yeah. they didn't know what was going to happen. So, you know, this year feels like maybe you might, and that's, I guess that's what's fun. So thank you, Evan and team, right? Because here you might tweak it a little and say, here's the story this year, but next year, all I want, and this is partly because of the growth of the sport, the focus, right? Uh, Paul's released his schedule for next year. I imagine some other players have. You can start to see and look what matters to them, and it's majors and elite series. Like, that is it. And in my opinion, when I stop, maybe I'm oversimplifying, Matt. I like the narrative of the story. I love stats, so I'm all about it. But I, I we've talked about this before. I kind of like to almost, like, close my eyes and say, what do I remember about this year? And it's almost always majors and a few select elite series events. And that's the narrative. Like, that's what we remember. We remember James Conrad had a throw in. Remember Paul was second. I then start to forget who was third, fourth, and fifth, truthfully, right? At USDGC, you remember what was coming down the line, right? And you remember how those last few holes played out. And you remember that Kyle Klein and Paul Macbeth, right? And how it ended and Paul, and you remember the roar on the green of the, you know, the extra hole when you could see the relief, right? That he, he won the major that he's been in the hunt for. Like, so those stories resonate. And then for me, it's just a couple big elite series events, right? That I remember. And for whatever reason, and I'm sure it's biased. So this is why the argument's great. But for whatever reason, the ones that I remember, maybe they were important to me. Maybe I was watching different. The narrative was different, but those are the ones that sink in. And that's how I pick player of the year. Now I love stats. And that's what's fun is now I want to go look at the stats and say, how wrong was I, <laughs> right? Or how right was I? So, yeah, I, right. so I love both sides of it. But to me, yeah. that's always the story. I'll make a case every time for like what feels right versus the data. Yeah. And that's, I, know, I, definitely, yeah. I think the same thing because, I mean, you know, when I think back, who did get third place at Worlds? I don't remember. Was it Kevin? Was it Calvin? I forget. Sexton I know was, was going there, but I think it might have been Kevin, but I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. See, this is my point. And then same thing with USCGC. And <laughs> well, it doesn't matter to us. Ago. Ex well, exactly. But that's also, but you have to put that talk in player of the year conversation. Like I think how well, when I think about player of the year this year, how well did Eagle, Ricky, and Paul do at the two majors? Paul got second place and first place. I don't know what Ricky did and right. I don't know what Eagle did because they weren't in the conversation of ever winning either of those events. And so I kind of dropped that off. But then, okay, Eagle played great on the pro tour this year. Ricky did pretty well on the pro tour and the national tour. So they have, they all have arguments, but for me, I take so heavily of what happened at the majors, because that's when the most is on the line. There's the most viewers. There's the most 
atmosphere, everything like that. Like that's what I look at as this is the tournament that they go into. And that's all they that's all they look forward to. You can see in one of Paul's documentaries that he had years ago, he's like, all my focus is on worlds. Then all my focus turns into USCGC. He never talks about, you know, this year he could have been a three time in a row champ at Maple Hill. But that wasn't ever kind of like on his mind. It was okay, worlds just ended. I had a heartbreak moment on the USCGC. And what can goes, I do to win yeah. USCGC? And this goes to Josh's point, what matters to the players, but I'm not totally bought into what matters to the players is how we should evaluate. Anyways, we can keep going down this this whole thing. I I know, but the reason why is because I think that's where we see the best results that actually are relevant. But I mean, and by the way, I'm fine to like disagree. I understand probably the point you're making, (laughs) but like, but that's. I'm not even saying it's because I want to uh, mirror yeah. the players, like yeah. as if I care about what they think. No, no, no. It's actually the other way around. I don't care what they think, but where I know the best results happen is where they're actually putting right their their foot on the pedal. Because then I'm like, now I'm seeing kind of the uninhibited, like best players playing as hard as they can. Right. Because we always talk about the ceiling, right? And then you have some player who like misses it and you're then you have 10 excuses why Eagle actually is as good as the best, but why he didn't show it right at that event. And I'm like, why? Why does Eagle not go out and win majors? And to me, that's a real question. No, but that's a real I question know. you have to actually ask. Mm-hmm. Even though I think he is one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. So like, but to me, that's a part of the story. I mean, right. and by the way, I think he is one of the best in the world. And, and if I were voting, he's going to win plenty of majors. So I'm not out on Eagle. But, like, why is that? That has to be part of the story. Pat, are you in the no, chat? Yeah, Pat, Pat, are you in the chat? Josh is picking Hey, I just Eagle. said Eagle's <laughs> one of the best. And I said I think he's going to win a lot of majors. Yeah. Okay. He has won a major. Let's so. do this. Because th- we we did run into our 20 minutes. We doubled what we said, which is fine. But Evan is just going to give us... Um, 27 minutes. 27. Yeah. yeah. So Evan is going to give us um, pick pick one of ours just to say how it would play out for player of the year. Uh, yeah. I'll real quick say it was a, it was a clean sweep for Paige Pierce winning uh, FBO player of the year and as a clean sleep. Oh my gosh. Sleep queen. It was, <laughs> <laughs> goodness. Tonight, uh, it's a clean sweep <laughs> on the MPO side as well with all of us picking Ricky, even though my uh, system for a two year ranking system had Paul barely edging out Ricky when you uh, factor in um, just 2021 and no degradation, uh, Ricky then barely beats Paul. So, But uh, I, my system actually puts Eagle in second place, mm-hmm. but that's just the fun here. So, Yeah, I, I, I think the top 10 looks pretty similar to what the, uh, what the ranking kind of system were. I mean, with, when you have factor in degradation, it's essentially like 2021 matters the most, but you factor in I, some of 2020. So I think it's fantastic. I think the top 10 looks pretty similar. Uh, was the debate really between anybody else besides Ricky, Paul, or Eagle? And what's interesting is the way yours rolled out at the end of the season, Paul made enough of a push to actually get to that second place, if you will. Uh, but it looks like Ricky. We'd be surprised if anybody else took it besides Ricky this year. Um, but that's not to say we can make arguments like we just did for the last 25 minutes, how it could go one or oh, the yeah. other. All right, let's I do that. And Evan, yeah, you, closing thoughts. Like, well, yeah, just closing thought. This is just kind of an obvious thing. I don't know exactly how your website works, but I work in the work. This is a little bit of a spinoff of something Matt said. I work in the field of technology and artificial intelligence and data, right? So like, that's my thing. I think it really would be compelling. Imagine if you had a thousand or more people building their models in your tool, right? To actually take that and make a fairly sophisticated tool based off of what the fans care about and output 
the stat Mando, right? version of the results i think that'd be pretty i was cool. thinking that exact thing stat yeah. mando's gonna have to have the gold standard all right i mean that sounds great with me i love the idea <laughs> all right so that is gonna wrap up that topic as far as like rankings go but i really wanted to give evan and stat mando that opportunity because they've been working on this for a long time i think it's gonna be really neat it is neat we're working with it now um evan are you ready to go into stat or fiction and josh are you cool to play that with us yeah, I'll hang out until you kick me off. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we also, we haven't had Josh on the show since he completed a 100-mile race. Hmm. Like, so congratulations, one, on doing that, and congratulations reaching your goal for charity with the Paul McBeth Foundation and everything like that. How are you, how are you feeling? I saw on Instagram that you're finally back out running again. How, how are you <laughs> feeling with everything? Yeah. So first of all, thank you to this show specifically, Nick, uh, you, this audience who's listening and your show for the platform helped us bump over that thousand dollar goal. Remember we had put a match uh, down at $200. This audience beat it over 200. So it was matched, et cetera, et cetera. I got a lot of straight Venmo payments and a couple other places. So thank you for that. And ultimately thank you, know, the Paul McBeth foundation. Thanks for that for me. Yeah. Um, I'll be brief just because it is, it is something I could elaborate on for an hour. Cause it's like pretty crazy experience. Um, it was awesome. I completed it. It took me longer than expected, but I was below the cutoff where they make you quit. I ran straight for 31 hours and 43 minutes, which was pretty insane. Um, honestly, physically, I was not, it was very hard, but I was not as tired as I thought, but I ended up getting kind of like tendonitis in my ankles for the last 10, 15 miles. And I'm still recovering from that. So like I'm out there gingerly like moving around, muscles are completely fine, no soreness, no tired. I feel like I could go run 30 miles, but I can't because of my ankles. So uh, <laughs> apparently when you run a hundred miles, it can get pretty grueling. Matt saw me out there for some of it. He saw me, was I half smiling at the finish line? I was happy, but uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty grueling. It was, was awesome happy. though. I loved it. I was That's happy. wild. I'm like so intrigued by it. I mean, a hundred miles, you ran for 31 hours straight. Yeah. During those 31 hours, I had probably slept for 16 of those, like me. <laughs> and so then I'm like, dude, that's, that's insane. Yeah, it was. So yeah, at some point when we're hanging out, I'll give you the 10 minute version of all the fun stories. You know, people cool. just like hunkering over on the side of the trail, taking naps, like while I'm running by them, people did like everything. It's, it's pretty bonkers. It was a really cool experience. Uh, it, it shows the, the capacity of humans. In this case, it was me, right? But truthfully, go out there, set a goal, do something you didn't think you can do. I promise you can do more than you think, whether that be in disc golf or, or anything else. It was a pretty cool experience. <laughs> it is bonkers. Nick's like, I slept 16 hours. I ate five or six meals. Like, <laughs> took a shower. Oh, dude, definitely. Watched oh, yeah. a TV show. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into stat or hey, fiction. Hey, yeah, just, it's really cool. Hold on. I'm not trying to interrupt. Can I give a slightly related disc golf story? I'll keep it brief. Yeah. yeah. So this is the weekend of USDGC that I'm running. Next, yes. Right? So I'm running mm -hmm. Saturday into Sunday. Mm -hmm. So Saturday is the final round. Yeah. Well, I mean, my brain is all over the place running for that long. For the most part, I'm focused only on running and eating and drinking, truthfully. But, you know, periodically I'm like, oh, yeah, like today's the tournament. So like I'm running down a wooded trail trying to pop out U-Disc, like on my phone, like I'm bouncing around. I'm looking at it. Um, and coincidentally, the moment I looked at it, I don't, I don't know what time the tournament's going to end. I'm running. I happen to look at it. I'm bouncing down the trail, trying to stay focused. And it shows Paul and Kyle tied. Okay. But it shows Kyle on top. Mm -hmm. Well, usually what that would mean is it was a playoff and Kyle won. Kyle won it. Yeah. 
So I put my phone away thinking, well, that's a wrap. I can't, I'm like, I can't believe Paul lost in extra play, yeah. in playoffs and, <laughs> you know, in the playoffs. I'm like, he lost worlds. I'm like, he must be crushed. So then I, as a disc golf show host, I'm like narrating this whole thing in my head. Like, wow. I mean, so for like an hour and a half, two hours, I think of, I lived in an alternate reality where Kyle Klein won USDGC and, and Paul lost in a playoff for like multiple hours. I'm like, wow, that's just a crazy story. And then literally a couple hours later, I don't even, I think it's over. I go and look because I'm like, I wonder how many holes they went into playoffs. That's the only reason I brought my phone back out and I look at it. I'm like, what? Now my mind's blown. I'm thinking I'm going stir crazy because I've been running for 24 hours. I don't even trust myself. I saw Matt somewhere around mile 75 or 80 and I had to ask him. And that's when I got the lowdown. So that was pretty funny. So I lived in an alternate reality for a couple hours. That's actually hilarious. Well, so we were all living in an alternate reality <laughs> when wow, we had I no idea what the score was yeah. going in Paul on 17 and 18 because Kyle's score kept looking imagine, up and down. So. Imagine if I had been looking at that moment, not watching the yeah. live feed. I would have really thought I was going crazy. Yeah. But, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, all of a sudden he was at 26. Now he's at 24. Oh, yeah. I, I anyway. was going crazy. Sorry, sorry to keep derailing your show, Matt, but I thought it was funny. It's Maybe not my just... show. It's it's the Nick and Matt show, and Nick is <laughs> holding it down. Um, oh, yeah. This is good. This is what podcasts are. Josh on my show. By the way, for anyone who's interested, we have Josh on, but his show, with I'm also a part of it over on Disc Golf Network. Like We don't do what we're doing right now. Our show is very, I'll just say the words, polished, cut, timers like we stay on topic if you want something like that go check it out on disc golf network i'm not getting paid for that ad and they didn't pay for that ad but uh we enjoy what we're doing over there okay stat mando again what would we do without stat mando we just took up like an hour's worth of show and we're going again here stat or fiction let's go ahead and jump right into it all right oh we got to get rid of the points we already declared josh a winner i win yeah hey Okay, so go ahead and Evan, give us the um, first stat or fiction. All right. <clears throat> so we all uh, know Nathan Queen by this point. Uh, he finished third uh, last weekend at the Down East Players Cup. This is his first loss in North Carolina all season. Oh, oh man. Um, uh, we're going to start. I'm, uh, I'll go just to make it fair. Cause I can't pick. I'm like, I'll just pick Nick to go first. Um, I'm going to go and I'm going to say stat. I think that's kind of crazy, but stat. You said he lost at that tournament. Uh, he finished third. So yes, lost. Oh, okay. Right. So yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. You lost. Sorry. <laughs> but that's his only but, one is what he's saying. So I yeah, said yeah, yeah. that's okay. stat. Yeah. Nick, oh, here's Nick, you're up. Oh, Nick, you're up. All right. Fiction. All right. Nick says fiction. Yeah, I feel like it's fiction. I feel like he had to lose another one. All right. Let's see how that played out. Evan, give us the truth. <laughs> that is a stat. Oh. <laughs> he has played now four events in North Carolina in 2021. He won uh King's Cup in January. He won the Silver Creek Open probably in February. And then he won the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship in October. Uh, so it was a long gap. He was touring all summer. He wasn't in North Carolina. Uh, and then he just finished third at the Downies uh, Players Players Cup. Yeah, so three out of four, See, not bad, of, especially with uh, one being thirty grand. <laughs> yeah, I was I was banking on him playing Carolina Clash, but he actually did not play that. I totally thought he did, and I knew Joel. I know Joel won it, so that's why I was like, oh yeah, he lost oh, that one. But I guess too smart he didn't for yourself. 
I, I guess so. As little <laughs> side notes to Nathan Queen, if you look at, by the way, I keep getting it right, and I'm so proud of myself, Nathan. Nathan <laughs> Queen. If you look at Nathan Queen, um, he finished 17th in Disc Golf Pro Tour, and like I feel like that name just wasn't talked about like at all this year. And I knew he's a good player, well, and he's had events yeah, where he's I, popped off, but like that's pretty good. Top top 20, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think reason being we didn't really talk about it much this year was just because it was never as in he was in contention to win right. an event. He was just consistently doing well. It was the same thing with USDGC. He said he had some great USDGC finishes, but you don't really notice that because he was never in contention to win it or he wasn't on the lead card the final round or something like that. Matt, you said 17th, but like, and I know we got to stay on, on the uh, the game here, but like he came in in 28th, right? Oh, why did I see that 17? Yeah, I was maybe he did. That. No, he was the 28th seed. Yeah. Oh, you... What am I seeing then? What am I seeing? I don't know. I'll have to In look it up. 28th seed, like, I wonder. Well, anyway, point being is. Where did I see him? All, all of whoops, all of our disc golf shows, I think, like, we always only talk about, like, the top 15 if we're lucky. So, like, mm -hmm. if you're riding below that, unless you show up on a lead card and we talk about you for two minutes. You're just below the radar. There's probably a lot of pretty good players that are riding at like that thirtieth mm -hmm. ranking that we might even say, "What's that name?" Oh, anyway, I know what it is. Going. I'm going back to my ranking system. I think that I do the Stat Mando. Am I wrong here? There's somewhere where it came up seventeenth. Let me. Just... Yeah, he's seventeenth in your uh, Player of the Year rankings. Look at that. I knew I had it somewhere. My Player of the Year rankings, seventeenth. So, anyways, not Disc Golf Pro Tour, but I wasn't going crazy. I'm like, I didn't make it up, guys. I promise. Okay, let's get into. Uh, I'm leading one to zero to those guys somehow, some way. <laughs> I did somehow. it, but all right, go ahead. All right, Haley King's average round rating. Uh, for each Disc Golf Pro Tour elite season has increased every single year. So if you take all of her round ratings for the season, average them all out together, uh, for each Disc Golf Pro Tour elite season, they have gotten better every single season. And just for some context... Um, since she started? Since she's first first Disc Golf okay. Pro Tour event. Okay. Um, for some context, this year her average round rating was 961.697. Okay, so this year, yes, it was nine sixty one. Yes, nine sixty one average. Oh, okay. And again, the sad is that it has increased every, every year. single year. Mm -hmm. All right, I think it's Josh, right? Or no, we just did one, so it's Nick. I'll go stat. All right, Nick's a stat. All right, well, I'm just going with Nick, so I'll say stat, even though I thought that's what it was. I think that would be very hard to beat. I'm going stat also, so give it to us, Evan. All right. You guys have been stumped. That is fiction. Wow. Uh, she had a better year last year. Last year was better. It was a 966.9565. Uh, but Ooh. every other year has been an increase. Uh, she played only one event in each of 2016, 17, and 18, but each of those went up uh, 940 in 2019 up to 966, but then back down to 961. You know what's interesting? Because I don't talk about ratings much if you had asked me if i felt like she had a better year every year in succession i wouldn't have said yes but i did, i thought maybe the rating did in other words mm -hmm. i felt like she had a better overall year last year than this year but yeah, interesting interesting right, matt you yeah, another I, point right no i got oh, no you're with us yeah goose eggs for that round stat mando wins right. stat mando. Uh, and right. they track this by the way I, i'll tell you the stats in a minute on this game <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Here's here's a little odd one, but I thought it was um, 
a fun question to ask or a fun stat or fiction. Uh, in the entire 2021 Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite season, nobody in MPO ever finished exactly 35th place. You have to say that again. In the entire yeah, 2021 Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite season, Nobody in MPO ever finished exactly 35th place. I don't know what that means. So like, Matt, I mean, so 30, like what this is saying is every single time tied people for 30, oh. tied at 34 or three people tied at 33. So then it jumps up to 36. Ah, wow. That's totally statable. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sitting here. Josh, you're up first. Who's up? Me? Yeah. All right. That's down. That's. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Mind so... games. Because he, honestly, at this point, all we're trying to do is figure out the game Evan's playing. That's what I None said. None of us know this stat. Every so year. now, is Evan trying to stump us or is this double reverse psychology? Exactly. So I am saying that it is a fiction. I'm going fiction as well because I'm doing the same thing as you, Josh, and I'm sitting here going, how did they even think of this? They said, oh, look. I know how they thought of it. I'll say after Nick goes. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go stat. Nick's trying to tie it up. Then By the we'll way, I think breaker. I think Evan found this stat for some <laughs> ranking, so it is true somewhere up and down the leaderboard. I just yep. don't think it's 35th. Right, oh. What do you got, Evan? Oh well, he's talked to me off air. He's like, I've got to make it a little bit easier. I can't be like, no, it was 34th. <laughs> he can't yeah. do that. But well, maybe he did. But we'll see, Evan. What do you got? What? How did this play out? Um. Just real quick, just because I saw it in the chat. If two people were tied at 35th, that would count as finishing 35th. Okay. So it's it's that right. no one ever finished with the number 35. <laughs> this would be absolutely bonkers. And I, 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 what did you guys choose, by the way? I don't see the screen anymore. Oh, did anyone choose stat or fiction? Stat. Nick did stat. Josh I did. and I did fiction. Okay. All right. I was just curious because the answer is stat. Oh, Nick. That's crazy. I, I fell into backwards into this. Did Nick win outright? Because I got no, I'm oh, tied a bonus question. Matt. I'm tied. All right. I mean, I'm tied to Nick. I said I'm tied to Matt. Okay. He's tied. Well, let's go. Me. Let's go into the bonus question, and then I can. Uh, we'll talk about the more because the bonus question is similar to this. We're gonna let Josh answer after Nick and I, because he can elaborate okay. if he wants to. All right. Um, what place occurred most often in the Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite Season of 2021 in both MPO and FPO combined? What place came up the most? Had the most ties, essentially. Oh, I so, see what you're saying. So if five people tied, that would count for five at that. Yeah. Position. So you're saying, like, gotcha. obviously, first when like first there's one tie. It's got to be close to thirty fifth. If so it's always happening down the the ranks like that, I'm gonna just. So it's, this is the closest to the correct answer. Okay. Wins. Okay. Um, yeah. Nick, do you want to go first or me? What do you want? You can go first. All right. Nick's. I see Nick on his computer. What's he doing? He's, he's quick clicking through each of the events. Um, you will not find this quick enough if you're looking through at every single event and counting. Stat I, have, I have an idea. Oh wow, 14th yeah. showed up a lot. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm at one of them. Roll the dice. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say it's gonna be further down, but I don't know if it's 35th that far down. Um, it's a roll of the dice. I'm gonna say. 20 second 20 seconds my number all right i was gonna if matt had went with 35th i was gonna go 37th um but i'm gonna go 33rd got pulled up the most all right uh do I, 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 oh, oh yeah sorry, 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 sorry just for fun for bragging rights 
29th place. All right. <laughs> it just splits the difference. All right. Matt is the closest. And someone in chat came very close. Kent Chapman said 24. Correct answer is 25th. 25th uh, had 42 total occurrences. The next highest had 35, which was seventh place. Um, you got to factor in FPO. FPO has smaller field sizes. I think they have between you know 25 and 40. Yep, that's um, a good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so 25th <laughs> place happened 30 times in MPO and 12 in FPO. Um, and so that's what I looked up originally first and was like, oh, that's that's really interesting. Just a neat fact that means absolutely nothing. Uh, and then I was looking through and found out that uh, 35th just never happened and was like, wow, what are the chances? So that's how that came to be. <laughs> what are the chances, which is why I probably should have went with stat on that. Yeah. But anyways. And the fifth and sixth most popular occurrences were 34th and 36th. So right around 35, which I almost went to that. I yeah. was like, it's got to be close to that. But in the end, I was just yeah, like, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking in the thirties definitely was going to be it, but that's all right. And there was one other place that didn't have any occurrences in MPO in about the top 80. Uh, and that was 65th. <laughs> so 35th and 65th just never happened this year. Ladies and gentlemen, if we did not have stat, man, no, you would not be hearing these outrageous, awesome stats. Yeah, now you know if you ever need to go to a trivia contest where <laughs> yeah. that comes up. This is why it's crazy. Oops. I'm taking a way left turn here, but like Nathan Queen ranking 30th in Disc Golf Pro Tour this year, right? It, that's why it's, it's so crazy that he won. I'm just saying, like, you just, you get buried down the leaderboard in, like, 30. You start seeing all these ties. Everything blends. Like, you're close to missing cuts at some tournaments. It's just, like, it's so it's so crazy. You get lost in the mix down that low. Nobody's looking at who tied for 35th unless you're looking for a particular name. So well, that's what, when we had Nathan on, we were talking about how he missed cash at Deglo this year, which was a Pro Tour event. And so you don't notice those things until, hey, he just won the Pro Tour championships. Let's go back and take a look at his track record. Yeah. And I've been looking back and I'm like, no surprise. He's in the thirties everywhere. Uh, Evan and I yeah. are over here laughing because someone in the chat um, said <laughs> stat rando. <laughs> stat rando. That's a great one. we got to make some uh, well, I like that nickname. It is, it is, it is fun, but yeah, it's like, I'm totally teasing Evan because I love what you do, but like I could come on here and be like, yeah, so Nathan Queen finished 48th, 13 strokes over in the tournament six years ago. Stat or fiction? <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, what do we do with that? So yeah. they track everything, Stat Mando here. For the game Stat or Fiction, um, Nick, Stat or Fiction, you're beating me with correct answers. Is that Stat or Fiction? Stat. It is stat. Even after today's win, I have 12 correct. You have 14 correct. All right. Mm. And then if Stop we go you. to, yeah, if we go down the list, Adam Hammes is our most correct answered person ever of all time. Did, did Josh yeah, go if you did it like, three? If you did it like batting percentage, I'm definitely leading. So, well, anyway. did, did Josh go 0 for three? Did you get one in this? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know if I did, but I was like, I, so now you're batting. I, I was thinking about that. as it going? <laughs> if you did go over three, I think that was the first time any guest has gone over three. I wouldn't like stat random. Yeah. All right. I get it. <laughs> that a little tougher, which I also full clarity. I think at some point I just like, I'm just to keep track of this in Google sheet. It's not 
not you know totally official and i almost positive i have something wrong with you two and i probably just accidentally inputted something wrong because wait a second if you add nicks he has 13 correct 10 wrong but there's been 25 total questions but so at I'm the missing same time two. but at the same time i was looking at that earlier because i care yeah and i was like maybe i sat out and we had a guest do the stat or fiction yeah so you have sat out once or twice right. or you've so, like looked at the last right. questions things like that <laughs> this is fun let's this is compelling by the way yeah. hey also I usually listen to your podcast at about 125%. Yeah. So you guys all sound like mildly drunk on the show tonight. <laughs> I feel like you're all talking very slow. Oh, man. Like right now, That's hilarious, we're actually. super slow. <laughs> if we try it's talking killing. really slow, then it will sound normal it's when he speeds it up. So, Josh, I, you're probably not going to listen back to this whole episode, but for this part, I'm going to slow it down, and you can tell me if it sounds normal when you listen later. Okay, we are going to close out stat or fiction. Uh, enough of the humor. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to it at fast speed and see what that was like. All right. Oh, man, I'm laughing over here. Things are going great. Here we go. This is a fun topic. Uh, I am going to start a timer, which I've never done on this show. We're going to keep this to How five to pronounce our it. favorite food items. That's yeah. my favorite segments. They're usually only about <laughs> 60 seconds worth. But, Nick, they're my favorite. I'm sorry. You could probably spin up a different show for that. But anyway. I'm down. Where else do you hear about gyros? I just got to say. We had those tonight. Again, we had that tonight. That's crazy that that happened again. I brought it up again. Okay. Here we go. This is the topic. It's a free-for-all. The floor can be open. Nobody needs to dominate it unless it's me. No, here we go. Things that don't look professional in disc golf. Nick, I know you have a few. What are your top top two, top three things that don't look professional? What I'm wearing right now in my ear, I think, looks awful when players are using them on the course. Uh, the only reason I'm using them right now is because my Skype won't work on my computer. So uh, headphones, earphones, AirPods, AirPod Pros, whatever you want to call them, um, I think those look insanely unprofessional on the course practice rounds do your thing have a blast with it before you warm up for a tournament after you're done your round whatever wear them all you want but during starting on hole one finishing on hole 18 i think it looks really bad um sweatpants so like clothing i think players should if you're a professional disc golfer playing at a pro tour event and this is i'm specifically thinking about elite series events right now and above. I'm not talking about your local C tiers or B tiers. Um, Pro tour events, I think, should have a stricter dress code of golf attire, disc golf attire. If there's a company finally coming out with disc golf clothing, I think that's something that should be implemented. Um, I'll let you guys talk about a couple of your own, so and I'll think up some more ideas in my head. <laughs> Nick's gonna think up some more. Yeah, um, yeah I'll try to. Yeah, Josh, do you have any thoughts right off the top of your head or you haven't thought about it? Uh, well, I didn't have much time, so but I will just pick on one because every time I see it, I'm just kind of shake my head because I understand how it happens. But I think it doesn't look that professional, which is we have a lot of touring pros who are friends with other touring pros coming down the fairway, the 18th hole, and they just like they're inside the ropes and they're kind of hanging out. So a perfect example would be like, Kyle Klein trying to make a decision if he should run the putt on the 18th green. And I could name names, but I see a couple people like just there, like they're, they're in the excitement. They're on the camera and they're kind of talking about like what decision you're going to make. And you know what? It looks like a lot of fun, quite frankly, because maybe that would be me if you were like on the 18th green, right? But 
I just don't, I think it looks like a bunch of people just hanging out. Whereas you would never see that like at any other type of elite sporting event. So I'm just going to pick agree, on that. But I'm going to counter with something. I thought it was cool how right. when players got eliminated from the tour championship that like you saw Paul Uberry caddying for uh, Drew Gibson and he was carrying his bag, being professional, nothing wrong with that. I thought that was cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I get where you're going. Yeah, but that was that was much more professional, right? Like, in other Fair words, enough. would you be surprised if in the PDGA some player did it? You'd probably be surprised. But if they actually played an official caddy role, you'd probably be like, that's cool. I'm talking much more like these players come out of the woodwork when the excitement's happening and they're just all hanging around. Like now, by the way, I've seen the evolution of the sport. So, like, I've been the fan who is trying to, like, hang around close when the action's happening right on the last few holes because, you know, somebody and you're a friend. Like, so like, I get it. I'm just saying as the sport evolves. Like when you're on TV, like it looks way different when everybody's chummy than when they're like focused and everybody's behind the ropes. Like you wouldn't dare. Like I don't care if I'm friends with them unless I'm actually caddying or part of the official event. Like I'm over here rooting them on from the sideline like everybody else or I'm in a VIP section or I'm waiting to hang out later. Right. Like back at the, the hotel. Like that's fine. But like you don't you don't be out there like I'm in the action. I, I, know, I get <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. Josh is getting his first hater in the chats. I'm calling him out. Oh, Chris, Chris Carpenter. It's a terrible take, Josh. <laughs> terrible take. All right. <laughs> it's about time. I, I, just, I was going to say. too yeah, nice exactly. on our other shows. <laughs> I was just going to say. No, it's I about think, time. Um, All right. I, I yeah, got two. I think, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nick. No, no, you're good. I'll, I'll just be quick with it because I, I kind of want to agree with Josh to a large degree of that is um, I definitely think, you know, USTGC does the inside the ropes, like the only player or the only people inside of the ropes are a scoring official, the players, caddies. And then um, you kind of have like, a, it's not actually a mental health coach, but most players were allowed to bring like one extra person inside, like to be able to talk with like events Who that is? I went to with Paul. I was able to talk with Paul and not caddy for him, but I was able to be like that plus one person and not disturbing like other card mates or stuff like that. But I do agree where, it should it should be a little bit more professional of like there are only specific people allowed in this area now if kyle goes and literally walks up to the ropes where other players are standing totally. i think that's a different story i think that's totally fine he can do that thing where it's more like yo what do you like who is it when um colin won waco right before he won it there Jordan was a potential Castro. that it was going to go into a playoff and someone went up to Colton saying like, Hey, go start putting, like go do your thing. And I think that's cool. Like, I think you should have people one minute left, that, but... one minute left. <laughs> so, okay. That was crazy. We were all having conversations, everybody, yeah. and we were frozen. We're back. Here's the deal. We're going to close up that topic. And I'm just going to say, I think I generally agree with what everybody said there. I had some of those same things down. I think it's a crazy Maybe it's a crazy take. I think it would be neat to see um, caddies in full caddy gear to differentiate. This is professional. I'm doing this as part of the thing. Um, I said some other things the previous weeks, things like um, mm -hmm. chain link fences and just stuff that's not a part, <laughs> part of a course or shouldn't be. It is where we're at now, but I'd love to see that change. All right. Um, uh, let's let's close out on this. It's actually five minutes, but I want to react to this. I set it up. Let's do it. Let's listen in uh, to Nick and Matt's takes earlier in the year. This is um, me and Nick talking about which players will and will not have wins the rest of the season. Meaning, I'm gonna I'm gonna set it up for you when I get to this clip. 
but we talked about already Paul had, you know, a couple podium finishes or no wins. There was like two or three events that had happened and Nick and I are making takes for the rest of the season. So here, here's that clip pre-recorded five minutes uh, of clip. Here we go. Which notable player, which notable player will not take home a win this year, or we, we could say the rest of the year. Okay. So some players already have, but just from here on out, which notable player will not take home a win or uh, win the rest of the year? Again, saying that some of these have. So let me just read off some of these names. Paul Macbeth, he's had two podium finishes, no wins. And I'm talking elite series or national tour, okay? Um, Chris Dickerson, no win, one podium finish. Calvin Heimberg, two podium finishes. Kevin Jones, no podium finishes. James Conrad, no podium finishes. Um, Eagle McMahon, one win. Uh, besides that, nothing. no other podium finishes. Nicola Castro, one win. Besides that, no podium finishes. Nate Sexton, obviously. I don't say obviously. He was at LVC. No podium mm -hmm. finishes. Simon Lazat, obviously injured. No podium finishes. Ricky Wysocki, two wins. I don't want to say that's it, but no podium finishes outside of that. So two wins or nothing. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So considering those players, just pick, pick what you think would be the hottest take here to say that they're not going to get a win the rest of the season um, and or a podium finish. I think if you were to say hot take, I don't think Kevin Jones is going to win an NT or DGPT this year. How about a, how about a podium finish? You think he'll get one of those? Podium finish, maybe. I could see it happening at Deglo if it happens. Obviously, he won the event in uh, 2020. So, oh, no, I'm sorry. When did he win it? No, he didn't win that one. I'm sorry. He won GMC. He didn't win. Um, He lost at... Uh, Eagle Eagle won it last year. Um, I could see Kevin getting a podium finish here and there. And obviously the last event, fifth place at Texas State, that's obviously a push in the right direction. Um, I think James Conrad. I <laughs> don't know where I put him right now. I don't really see the full confidence that he had before. And that's obviously coming from changing discs and changing his bag and everything like that. Give it some time. But I this year maybe a podium finish but i don't see him getting a dgpt win and then i guess my last one in that category i think out of all these players i don't think nico will win another dgpt or an nt how about podium finishes for any of any of those players Matt, as well I, I think i paused it nick all right <laughs> i am actually correct on all three of those statements i just made <laughs> kevin jones didn't get a single win by the way, we're back James live. Conrad Hold on. Not... We're just letting everybody know we're back live as in like, this is not oh, yeah, the pre-recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is, this is October yeah. 25th. Yeah. <laughs> so Kevin Jones didn't get a single win. James Conrad technically did not win a disc golf pro tour, which is what I said. And Nico LaCastro did not get another win. Just saying. All right. I'm technically right. <laughs> you're like i don't know about i don't know about james conrad but anyways you, you're not wrong all right let's continue on thank you i think that uh, i think all of them are very capable <laughs> yeah of hot take finishes, though. obviously hot yeah. take i don't think if i had to put one player i don't think james will get a podium finish this year all right That's my hot i'm gonna go down the list real quick oh, and damn, i'm just gonna say there. like yes or no if they're gonna get a win paul Macbeth, he gets a win yep. chris dickerson no, these are hot takes. Calvin yeah. Heimberg, no. Kevin Jones, no. James Conrad, no. Eagle McMahon, yes. Ricky Wysocki, yes. 
And then I'll just say to Nico LaCastro, no. Nate Sexton, no. Simon Lazat, no. These are all to wins. Those are all for wins. Yeah, I'll say Cal- I'll say Calvin, yes. I think he'll okay. get a win. All right, we'll have to come back to this. For, yeah, for FPO, we'll do the same thing. Just kind of briefly go down yeah, and go Paige Pierce. Paige Pierce, yes, we'll get a win. Wait, wait, wait. Hold Cat. on. Just just put out. She She's had four events. She's had one win. One win, four events, but I think she'll obviously, she'll get another win. Obviously. Uh, Paige, obviously, huh? Yeah. They didn't quote me on it. <laughs> Paige Pierce will get a win. Katrina Allen, I don't think we'll get a win, but she'll finish in the podium multiple times. Haley King will get another win. Kona, maybe. Podium finishes, definitely. Uh, Sarah Hokum, no. Jessica Weiss, no. Owen Scoggins, the only one that I can think maybe is Idlewild if she's going to it, just seeing how wooded it is. And then uh, Missy Gannon, no, and Rebecca, no. But podium finishes obviously are all on the table because every single one of these players, besides for Kona, has a podium finish, but Kona also has a win. So, and she has the all-star win. <laughs> the chat room's calling me crazy. They can't believe I called Calvin with no win. Now, listen. It might happen. I'm not saying it can't, but I'm I'm rolling the dice. I'm gambling. Um, there's people saying he'll have multiple wins, all this stuff. That's great. Um, to to the FPO. All right. So that was the audio recap from episode 38, where we talked about that. Nick, I wrote down the list. This is what we're gonna close out with tonight of what you chose. Okay, stat or fiction? <laughs> stat or fiction? Okay, so here I said Paul Macbeth will get a win. I was correct. I'm just going to go so we can talk on these. Chris Dickerson, I said no, and I was almost correct. He waited until GMC. Ah, Calvin Heimberg, I said no. I, listen, crucify me now. I think I'm right. He got a win at a Silver Series which was the week after I said he wouldn't get a win, but I clearly specified Elite Series Disc Golf Pro Tour, or I said Disc Golf Pro Tour, which I don't mean Silver Series when I say that. But then, is tied for first a win? Is it a win? Oh, man. All right. All right. So if that's the case, then I was wrong there. Kevin Jones, no. I was right there. James Conrad, I said, would not win. I was not right. Worlds was a big win. Eagle McMahon, I was correct. I said he would. Ricky Wysocki, I said he would. I was correct. Nicola Castro, no. I was correct. Nate Sexton, no. I was correct. Simon Lazat, no. I was correct. Paige Pierce, yes. I was correct. Katrina Allen, yes. I was correct. Haley King, yes. I was correct. Um, But... I'm trying to see here. Every other one uh, for FPO, I wasn't correct. Um, Sarah Hokum, well, no, see, this is where it gets interesting, right? Sarah Hokum, Jessica Weiss, Owen, Missy, and Rebecca. Missy totally shocked us. And, yeah, generally your answers are very similar here. Um, so we don't need to fully recap all of yours either unless you want to. Was, did any stand out to you that you were totally off on? No, he's trying to fix his camera. Uh, chat's saying he was muted. Oh, was he muted? That's what the chat was saying. Yeah. My headphones died, so I'm trying to 
<laughs> this yes, show we hear him. Okay, I hear him. Good. This show is funny. <laughs> we can hear you, Nick. Yeah. You guys can hear me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. My headphones died and my phone, I texted you. My phone's probably going too soon. So all um right. I didn't right. not realizing that I was gonna be spending all night on my phone. Yeah, we're at the end of the show, everybody. Um, I will say this in getting ready to close out, as we often do. We have had what we've considered as a super fan, Kent Chapman, from the very beginning, very beginning, always there, hit us up, came down to visit, we played around. And I'm throwing this out there because this is kind of one of those scenarios that's like, was this meant to be? So last year, October 24th, okay, he comes down from Maine couple hours away i've never met him before we scheduled it. he plays at maple hill great time good stories awesome fun good memories yesterday october 24th unplanned exactly a year later i am up in his neck of the woods on a course playing in new england disc golf team challenge and he comes up to a hole that i am on not knowing i was going to be there i didn't know he was going to be there a year to the date later, super fan, Kent Chapman. It's a real thing. I don't know why it happened, but it did. Awesome seeing you. Awesome seeing you, Kent. Kent's the man. The absolute <laughs> man. Yeah. I agree. Um, all right. We've got to save some talk for next week, and one of those points is going to be for next week, just to tease it out there, and everyone's going to go try to research it. Did you hear about this? $20,000 first place tournament that's happening in um, February? I'm not. Okay. Josh, have you? Sponsored by the Nick and Matt show? No, I don't know. Yeah, okay. What the heck? <laughs> no, it's real. Um, you can find out some about it on Smashbox. Our friends over there at Smashbox, they had an episode with the event organizers a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Um, I believe it's technically a group through infinite discs, but I don't think it is infinite disc per se. I think it's a group. Maybe they are going to do it that way. My understanding is it's called disc golf con as in disc golf convention, like a comic con, except this is a disc golf con. Um, and it's a whole experience for people. And they're, pay they're doing an $84,000 match play payout for pros the week before LVC 84,000, like, wow. And it's all for the fans like to watch and to be a part of for four or five days. So anyways, I thought that was extremely interesting until this year, 20,000 would have been like the highest paid out ever. And so pretty cool to see that's happening in the disc golf world. We'll talk more about that. 16 MPO are going to be there. 16 FPO uh, competing for that money. And then we would be totally remiss not to say we talked about Drew Gibson and it was on my notes way earlier, but we got way out of control. Kristen Tatar. A four-year deal worth half a million. And people have to use the word million now in their contracts, but like regardless how you word it, like that's big for her and the sport to see FPO players getting paid out well. Any reaction to that, Nick, Josh, Evan? I was super psyched for her. I think that's incredible. I do think that if she gets royalties from disc sales. I'm not sure how her contract works, but if she gets royalties from disc sales, I think she'll be well worth more than $500,000 within these four years. I think she'll make a lot more than that. I got a hot take. 
she is going to win over $500,000 in cash prize over this uh, contract of four years. Mark it down. In fact, this is, I believe, a big part of it. She wants to come to the U.S. She says this is where the big events are. So if the money keeps trending up the way it is, the way it has been, and she comes over here and she dominates, we're going to see some stats. Stat rando. (laughs) Not going to be random, though. They're going to be very pertinent to the current state of Chris Natar. All right. We've rambled on. I hope people appreciate. We gave you the extra 15 minutes you always wanted. People driving around, they're like, man, I have long drives and your show just hits the spot like that. So we gave you that extra 15 minutes. Hopefully it didn't put you to sleep. Um, all right, Nick, we made it to that point. Josh, if any of you ever, what do you got? Yeah, if any of you ever want a good time, just turn them to 75% speed when you're listening. <laughs> It'll take longer and it's hysterical. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you coming on and congratulations again on the 100 mile race. That's absolutely nice. Raising money for charity at the same time. Matt, are we closing out? Yeah, you you have this awesome like ambiance echo kind of sound in a warehouse, but you can close this out. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a go. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in tonight. Go ahead, like, comment, subscribe on the Foundation Podcast Network on YouTube. Thank you for watching live. If you're listening post-produced, um, sorry about my audio and video this week. Apologize for that. Try to get it set up. But anyways, we really appreciate you. Thank you to Manscaped and Hempfield Botanicals for the support they've given us in the past with the show. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. Nick, Josh, Evan, you're awesome. Peace out. The Nick and Matt Show. A disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or stream us live exclusively on the Foundation Podcast YouTube channel.